Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Brought to you by Ultimate Guard. Came up with that a few years later, dude. Come on, you're not. Didn't you watch uh, the anime? That all just sounds exhausting. But just <laughs> fuck it. Fuck Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. It's a shame because I love the characters, but I love Kingsglaive. Dude, Kingsglaive is still a solid watch. Because it's all yeah. the, just the high fantasy concepts of 15, so they all land. Like, oh, warp striking is cool. Like, yeah. magic being tied to a re, like a person, like a bloodline, and being able yeah. to be lent to people is a really neat concept. Mm-hmm. And too bad we didn't do anything with it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> damn shame. <laughs> damn shame. Oh, fuck. Well, John, you know what is finished? And you know what's on my, time? My TED Talk. This rambling. <laughs> my TED Talk my, is finished. Yes. Guys, we are back for the next episode of the RVA Returners podcast after a long fucking tirade on uh, on Final Fantasy 15 fight us that's how we really feel. Um, I'm your host Chris Adams. With me as always, I mean he's already been firing off bullets. Got his badge and his gun. John Schreiner. Say hi anyway, to Anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> anyway, I started blasting. Hi everybody. Look, we like the cards. We do we do like the cards. I the like the cards. The voice actors a lot. are nice people. They are nice people, and you know who else is a nice person and who I like a lot? Our special guest this week, uh, Travis Pfeiffer of, uh, is it Messidia Gaming? It's, it's no longer the Messidia Post anymore, right? That's correct. That's Messidia yeah. Gaming with the uh, in in incomprehensible and ir- irreplaceable Alex Scott. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Alex Scott. What a wonderful human being. Like, we saw him at Reunion. A lot of love. Yes. What a, what a handsome rascal, too. Mm-hmm. But Travis, how the hell are you? Hey, thanks for asking. You know, actually, all things considered, I'm just fine. Uh, I'm actually unemployed right now, which is why I've had so much time to play cards on Octagon uh, since I can't go to weeklies in person. But in spite of that, I'm looking at a new career and I got my chin up. So I'm working hard for everything. And I've got some great friends who are going to help help me get my hands on some Opus 12 cards, which is great because I would have been really disappointed to miss out on a lot of these beauties. We're fun employed then, sounds like. That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Fun employed. And um, sounds like you got some good friends because where I come from, friendship is the only ship that sails. Oh, absolutely. Shout out to the St. Louis local scene. That's where I'm from. So you might know world's representative Cody Snodgrass, Stephen Riley, Stephen Sawyer, Brandon Lacob. Like they're all yeah. part of my crew. I know Cody. He's, he's a good egg. Him and I do a uh, another podcast for those who enjoy anime. Check us out on Shonen and Suds. Shameless plug. But, <laughs> and he's no stranger know, to this cast either. That, We've had the hair right. on here a couple times. We have we've had the hair on here a couple times, indeed. Um, but, you know, guys, we're back. You know, like I said, we're back on a normal, uh, normal-ish recording schedule. I um, hope everybody enjoyed the last episode. Uh, we've got a lot of, to talk about again this week. Um, you know, we've got uh, spoilers for Opus 12 are coming in hot and heavy. We've got updates on some live events. We're seeing more content come out. Holy shit, there's so much happening right now. And I think everybody's just getting excited for opus 12 we're gearing up chris they uh or you mean you we're know, strapping in we're strapping in yeah absolutely this is a systems check that's right this is homie squadron uh reporting in that's right that's right that's right but you know what we're gonna go ahead and just dive right in you know we, we, we've rambled enough you know we're gonna we're gonna put everything together we're gonna wrap it up put a little bow on it and present it to you in the format that you all know and love you know, you know, John, I know you know, but but Travis, I know why you're really here. Oh, I'm here for one reason, boys. It's time for news.
All right, so first up today, we're going to start like we always do. Uh, John, take the podium. Uh, you know, you're not debating. You're just telling us the Octagon State of the Union. That's right, Chris. Uh, the Octagon State of the Union, almost like a town hall, as it were, yes. tonight, as, we are, as we're feeling ourselves. Uh, and the State of the Union, as always, Chris, is good. We are... We are doing well. We are registering for number 78 right now, event number 78 this week. We've started to give away Opus 12 boosters yes. as, a, as a prize. So obviously those will be shipping when we get the product in, but those will be coming your way uh, soon as prizes. So we've added that to the prize wall, a little section in our Discord where people can you know choose from when they win. Um, and it's been going well, you know, we've actually had a, a pretty high variance on who's been winning. I know that we talked a little bit last time about how, uh, mm -hmm. I think Xavier had like just won that week with his lightning wind deck, which is pretty cool. Cause if you're in any kind of final fantasy chats with that guy, he literally just every card that comes out, he's like, this is vonable. This is a fire wind Von card. Oh, this is an earth wind Von card. Um, <laughs> all of the scions are Von cards now. So it's like, uh, yeah, he's, he's a, a great guy. He's been putting in the reps, so it was cool to see him take one. And, yeah, it's just fun to get to ship these prizes out to different people instead of always the same. Uh, I feel like in previous seasons, uh, if we were giving out prizes, I would have just been sending Colin Rupert, like, uh, just giant giant cases of goods. <laughs> just Operation Dumbo Drop, all of the... Uh all of the TCG goodies. But, uh, you know, even last week I joined, I joined up last week and uh, hung out with you. Um, I'll be doing the same this week. Um, John, right. John, yes. um, for those, uh, I mean, obviously when this comes out, this will have long since passed, but uh, you know, in this one coming up, you will be sharing a spoiler that you got from the, uh, um, from the influencer tournament. Yeah. So. Chris, and I'll tell you what, right now um, we could talk about this spoiler for like an hour. So uh, it's going to be oh, what yeah. people, uh, I'm going to try and get this cast out pretty quick because people are definitely going to want to hear the one where we talk about that. And it's not, it's not going to be the one that comes out here. Uh, yes. So yeah. So, so that's going to be exciting to talk about. Trust me. I'm very, very excited to share that with everybody. Going to be a lot of Some chatter. Some might say tickled on. pink. Yeah. But that yes. will be after round one during the event. Uh, we're going to be posting that on the returners page. We've already posted a tiny little teaser in the discord for people. Um, but just, uh, yeah, that's going to be very exciting. And we will be having, um, you know, as far as Opus 12 stuff going on with the Discord, as soon as Opus 12 is live on Octagon, our events are switching over to Opus 12. Yep. Um, and we will be having some form, some kind of launch event. Uh, stay tuned. Yep, some kind of win a box, some kind of, you know, community event, something. Something mm -hmm. we're going gonna, we're gonna, to we're gonna double down on getting a big Opus 12 event yeah, online community for, for everybody. Community Cup might be, might be right. November, December time, so. We'll see. CCR, some call it. That's right. But uh, that's about it for the Octagon State of the Union here, Chris. Well, I appreciate that, John. Now back to uh, me back in the newsroom, news I suppose. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, now, first up, as far as, you know, I, I just now remember this, uh, talking about events. Um, they've been putting out more videos for the Influencer Cup. Um, you know, Adam yeah. Duncan and I got to do another round. Uh, we got to do the commentary for Chris Matiski versus Kurosawa, uh, their L3 event, uh, their, their L3 match. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, L3 is something I haven't really cared about. Um, watching that match, though, made, intrigued me a little bit. Um, I, I'm not ready to, you know, rush out and play a bunch of L3, but uh, the, these round two matches with some of these, you know, these amazing players 
can really, really, is a, it's a good, it's a good glimpse into the, uh, you know, you're just opening the front door a little bit, sticking your head inside and seeing that L3 does have some stuff to offer. I'm going but... to throw this out there really quickly though, Chris. Mm-hmm. I do think that both of those decks would pretty much be the same in standard. Oh, I, I agree. Thought that when I saw that, I was like, "Wait, aren't I just watching what I see every week on Wednesday?" Well, like, yeah, Wednesday? exactly. I mean, so I think that, uh, like, bar a few cards, and and there are sometimes, and you guys actually do a great job pointing it out. Um, this isn't a self plug. I didn't record the commentary. I'm I'm not allowed to record the commentary for the matches. <laughs> so I've just been. Uh, this is nice for me because I get to enjoy some of our favorite Turner's content. I haven't been a fan in a just while. Like you, you, you get to put exactly. the feet up. Like I get to you put used the feet to. up and sip my coffee at work and. Um, and I was listening to you guys cast that match, and you guys did point out some things like the Irvine, and it's funny because I think Matiski likes playing that just because it was his spoiler. But um, or sorry, uh, Matiski did play that. Sorry, uh, Kurosawa actually Kurosawa played that against him. So, I, so but um, anyway, that uh, and some of those choices are a little bit different. But for the most part, I think that it was just really neat to see those guys play and Kurosawa play a deck that focuses on like the fire wind with that ice splash. And we've uh-huh. been talking about Bartandalus when, you know, the set was spoiled, but nobody really did much with it. I think that that's what that deck would look like. And I think that's why that, uh, that matchup was really, really interesting is because uh-huh. we don't see a whole lot of Rampair and how it's evolved. And we certainly don't see any of the deck that, uh, that he was playing that Kurzawa was playing. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, go ahead and give those uh, a watch. Uh, all of the videos, except for one, are on the Square Enix UK channel. The one that we did for round two is actually on our YouTube channel, uh, just because we, there was some audio issues and where Tim was at, the internet was kind of kind of meh. So he asked us to upload it to our channel and just share it out or give it to him so he can share it. So you know you'll have to take a slight detour to see that match, but um, obviously you can find the rest of them on the mm-hmm. Square Enix UK channel. Um, so check those out. Um, I mean, while you're on our YouTube, you can also, that's where uh, some of our previous Octagon tournaments are, and also you can watch yeah. the uh, the last Octagon event that we held is up on YouTube. Yeah, and you can hear me drop a massive shit bomb while uh, I'm recording. Because <laughs> here's the thing, you know. Chris, that sounds I, disgusting. <laughs> no, well, it's like, you know, I'm a very, you know, candid individual, but when I do official Square Enix things, I definitely put my filters on. Um, but this match I was we were doing the commentary for was so good. And Matiski was in such a pickle. Like I'm going through like just what he can do with the, you know, and I'm like, well, he's got to do this. Well, he can do this. And I'm like, oh shit. I don't know if he can do, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like so invested (laughs) in going through these lines because I'm like, if he has it, well, I'm thinking even if he has it, I don't know if it's enough. So like, it was a very, it was just a really, really like in intense like passion moment that came out and i didn't even realize it <laughs> until we were done recording and adam ducky was like hey by the way near the end of that match you just totally said shit and i was like did i <laughs> uh-oh yeah and i was like ah well Check fuck it i said it to him anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah yeah you know but you know i, I think that's PG-13, kind of 13 chris exactly PG-13. exactly but you know I don't, I don't it didn't it didn't take away from anything it just kind of showed the gravity of those last couple turns so the characters again, use swords you know i yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, speaking of updates, we've got some uh, some new news regarding Reunion. Um, I know Lockwood had just made a post maybe a, uh, about a week ago at this point, John, where they, they're actually doing a firm cutoff for registration. I believe it's the the 14th is what sticks out. And I can't remember if it's November or December. I December, say it's December makes the most sense. I want to say it's December 14th, like early in December. 
Yep, and that's just and you know I get it. That's just a way for them to you know plan accordingly. You know, you definitely want to get ahead of the curve, especially right now that people are traveling and you know you're the destination. We talked about this a lot last week. You want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're offering as safe of a place as you can for when everybody gets there. So having an idea of what kind of numbers you're going to expect is, is the right way to do it. Now I know, you know, like myself, I'm still very much on the fence. I'm still leaning towards the no go side, but you know, something may happen after December 14th that might make things clear. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking, you know, magical Christmas land possibly, <laughs> but something could happen where it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, things are better. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe I feel more comfortable going, but it may be too late. So it's a, I, I 100% get it. But I also do, I do legitimately think that if something like that happened, they would probably say, hey, you can sign up again. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. want to sound like I'm complaining regarding that. Um, no, yeah, but, they have a cool digital option uh, for mm-hmm. people who, you know, I still wanted to support. It kills me that, um, that I feel like I can't go, but it's because, again, like, with what I do for work, as long as their state is on that list, I can't, I can't go yeah. out there. So, um, I was able to still get like one of the play mats. You could order, uh, you choose your play mat and you could pay to kind of like just support them and buy a ticket and get a play mat and stuff. So that was really neat. I did that. I'll mm-hmm. be a stream monster. Uh, got <laughs> pom poms and foam fingers, baby. Let's That's do it. Right. Man, I, guys, I hope I can go because again, it. I live in St. Louis, so it's mm-hmm. so close this year. Yeah, so yeah. Sure. I was hoping Alex and I could meet in person, but he's not sure if he's going to be able to travel to it with everything going on. Especially I don't know money right now, yeah. and just and I just I don't know. I don't even know how how safe I'll feel. Not not of course they'll take every precaution they can, but you're mm-hmm. still in a you know a big room full of people. So I would love to go. I just I just have no idea. Yeah, and I think that's fair. That's uh, I don't think anybody blames anybody for feeling unsure or uneasy. I think that's kind of the normal thing to feel right now, as weird as that is to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's not the only event happening. Um, we've got a, a 1K happening. At a, I, I always forget the name of the place. Computer Gaming... Uh, Computer and Gaming Universe. Computer and Gaming Universe. I'll get it right eventually. That's I know right. that's one of your local stores. Um, it'll be a first time going for me. So, you know, once I go there, the first, I'll never forget it once I'm there the first time. Um, but I'm, I am definitely going to that. Um, I am driving... Um, that allows me to kind of mitigate, um, you know, any sort of, what am I trying to say here? I'm not going to be in a bunch of strange places outside mm-hmm. of the store, so I can definitely mitigate You're quarantining my inside your car. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, we'll do the car cast. We'll do that's something. Right, that's right. <laughs> we'll have we'll to just, entertain you, know, you on your way up. That's right, the drive-in cast. I can't wait. But uh, I'm excited to go. It'll be fun to play cards. Um, it'll be the only actual Opus 11 event I'll be able to go to, uh, which, I mean, because Opus 11 is coming down the home stretch, which we'll talk about later. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited, especially since, you know, the last event I went to was Reunion. We're, you know, appro- we're, at, we're at like the 10-month mark here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since the last time I've played cards with the boys. And, you know, some may say it's a mistake. Um but again, I know you've said the store has, they've got precautions in place that they're, and they're taking it very seriously, just like Legendary Wolf Games is. Um, but if I feel safer driving and being able to mitigate some things mm-hmm. versus getting on an airplane and flying halfway across the country. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, playing it by ear. But um, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be going, but I'm going to, you know, safety comes first. If things start getting hairy, I'm just going to not be there. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh... It's one of those things where it's like, hey, the guidelines exist. 
Uh, they're following all the guidelines, and for some people, that's enough. And for some people, yeah. you know, they they don't want to risk it. And both answers are right. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. As long as you're as long as you're being conscious and being considerate, like it, this is the big thing. If you're gonna go play cards, just be considerate to the people around you. Don't be up in people's faces. I actually, John, I've actually been thinking about this. I'm I'm honestly not gonna let anybody touch my cards. Yeah. Um, if oh, you no, want to no, know no, what a card do does, that. just I'm gonna turn it around. I'll slide it towards you. If you want to look through my break zone, I will treat it like we're on a webcam game. I will fan it out in front of you. I will turn it around and have it face you. Um, but I'm not gonna let anybody touch my cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna you know I'm I'm gonna have gloves with me if necessary. So like I've I've really I, it, it sounds extreme, but I'm definitely just making sure I'm being as considerately just considerate as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For uh, so when we played in the uh, the one k on like the weekend before everything went to hell, really, uh, out there in California, um, it was very much like that. It was like, hey, uh, I'm gonna just do my own cards. I would shuffle it for them, and then I would say, you know, is it how would you like it cut? You know, do you have a style of cut you prefer? You know, uh, make sure they're good with the deck. You know, we were doing like uh, either elbows, like touching elbows, or doing the um like Wakanda forever <laughs> to say yes. good luck before the game. You know, it was all just, uh, just keep to your own cards and stuff like that. And we were hand sanitizing after like every game anyway. Uh, and all that stuff. It just, you know, um, we're going to be all masked up and everything like that. So yeah, like you it's said, just, it's just on the individual, uh, for all of us to be individually responsible and considerate so that we can just have a safe, uh, good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know, with, with these events happening and Opus 12, you know, right around the corner. I mean, we're, we're less than a month away. I think we're, what, at like the three-week mark? Because uh, pre-release is at the end of this month, which is somehow we're two weeks into October already. Yeah, I think that uh, Greg was just confirming with people. I know that the pre-release kits are like, are actually so sold out that they had to be reallocated. And yeah, like, I heard yeah. that. So it's like that's great, man. I mean, people are excited to to crack those pre-release packs at home. I bought two. I got ones that I can just open a pre-release kit. Alex can open a pre-release kit. And we can have our own little our own little sealed day. Nice. Um, sealed for two. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a nice little sealed for two. Uh, um, right. I would like a sealed for two if you don't mind. Oh, right that's this right. way, sir. Yeah, that's with right extra full way, arts, please. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. I'll but say yeah, when. Like, Exactly, exactly. Uh, sir, you've had a whole block of cheese. <laughs> keep it coming, keep it coming. That's right. But um, the, the reason I, I, I say that, not only because you know I'm excited about Opus 12, but uh, we're starting to see some more, uh, more content kind of pop up regularly. Um, now, I know we haven't seen it since, but uh, I thought my old buddy Nick Chanel was going to be streaming some Final Fantasy trading card game every night. I'm trying to sub. Um, I'm trying to sub to Chanel Music. I, I'd love, I would love to at least follow chanel I, I, I may do that already maybe they're but, do, um, i mean yeah i'm certainly following maybe he's streaming tonight we'll peek in later yeah maybe maybe <laughs> um but also too uh andy carmona and sam prime have started doing a, a little weekly stream uh where they just kind of almost like a it's very reminiscent of the old choco bros podcast they just kind of ramble and talk about the goings-ons uh yeah, you know, like they'll, they'll talk about it's cool. yeah it, exactly it's very similar to that um and they just kind of just shoot the shit about final fantasy trading card game and it's it's awesome um, and it's on Monday nights. Um, you know, they re- they did the first one on Wednesday, and um, you know, they even mentioned that first episode is like, hey, we didn't, you know, we're not trying to compete with anybody else, so we're just moving it to Monday. So they do it on Mondays. So it's it's we're getting to the point where you're going to have some like 
Final Fantasy content almost every night of the week for a little bit. So soak yeah, man, it up. I want something to watch, man. I'm always drink it up. I'm always on the other side. I want to be able to kick back and, like you said, feed on the desk, man. I want. I love listening to uh, to their thing and being in the chat, kind of interacting. It's just yeah, cool absolutely. To be, uh, you know, taking part in other people's content, like participating instead of you know being the the people pushing it out there. Absolutely, and uh, and Alex, uh, I, I said Alex. I'm sorry, I got Alex on the brain. Uh, Travis. <laughs> what um so are you guys going to be get, getting back into the the final fantasy section here when uh, opus 12 comes out or like what, what are you guys going to be doing for content if i if i may get that extra glimpse into what y'all are doing are you referring to me and alex scott of the Mystic? yeah so that's also why i said alex as well that's okay I was a, no you're good so we'll definitely do some reviews uh so we'll do our we've done a set review for opus 10 as well as 11 so we'll do an opus 12 set review we'll go over every card and every element talk about them there um beyond that i last time we did a like what's hot and what's not in opus 10 it was a really fun reflection of like hey this is the stuff that we thought was going to be great and ended up not being so good and here's stuff that maybe we were like oh that won't be good and then oh it was everywhere um alex is pretty busy from what i hear so i don't know if we're going to be able to do that so it might just be the reviews but uh as he knows as i pester him on facebook uh, anytime he wants to do something i'm more than happy to you know spout off my mind so Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, we'll all look forward to that. The more content, the better, especially with a, a new set around the corner. Um, but speaking of a new set being around the corner, the segues keep coming. Uh, we have got a shit ton of spoilers to cover. Surprise, surprise. Oh boy, let's just um, dig in because they are good. Indeed. Well, some are better than others, but um, you know, we're, we've seen a good chunk of the set here. Um, I, I've I've heard. I've heard a rumor that you know the set may be out by the end of this week. Uh, we may have seen the whole thing by the end of this. Again, this is all hearsay and gobbledygook. <laughs> but you know, I'm, but who knows? By the time this cast makes it out, the set may have already been revealed. What's um, not I know... gobbledygook is that they definitely are revealing the full set earlier than they normally do because they don't right. want it to be spoiled by people, which makes right. sense. Right, and I, and I know you had uh, you had said that um, earlier, and that's something that they had planned on doing, but. You know, let's just dive right in here, boys. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read them off, and we'll talk about them. And we're starting with the uh, old Chocolate. Um, we've got a new uh, Wind Wolf card. She's a two CP Wind backup job Chocobo. Uh, she has two action abilities uh, for dull place uh, for just a dull place one item counter on Chocolate. For dull, remove two item counters from Chocolate. I'm not gonna say her name anymore. Uh, draw one card. You can only use this ability during your turn and only once per turn. <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, well, it's hard to tell how John feels based on that reaction. That wasn't me. That was Chris. <laughs> oh, Chris then. <laughs> that was Chris. Go ahead. Now, you We're go very first. Vocal. You go first, Travis. Guess, okay, well, so I'm a big Chocobo player, so I always feel like I kind of have a little extra investment with Chocobo cards. Because so this just doesn't I... go anywhere near that, right? <laughs> well, well, well my, so my girlfriend, I taught her to play the game, but she likes to play Chocobos. That's her favorite deck. So because it's a job Chocobo, mm -hmm. it will have, quote-unquote, some relevance because it can be searched off the Legend or Chocobo Knight or the new Opus 11 Chocobo, so it has ways to get searched. That's always powerful. Uh... That said... 
man, I, I wish it like it was based on a chocobo entering the field or something. Like it just feels very slow to have to get two counters just for a draw. And then why have the restriction that it's only during your turn? Like I, I don't, w would that have been crazy that you could get four counters on her and then tap her and then you'd have to reactivate her and tap? Like I don't think that would have been that crazy. So yeah, she she definitely is a bit disappointing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this card just, it has the job Chocobo, and that is the most deceiving thing in the world, because there's no way that anybody wants to play this in a Chocobo deck. This card doesn't get hit off of the guy who you're, you know, you're playing the other one. You're playing the four-cost fat Chocobo that puts a bunch of cards in your hand. And, like, this doesn't get hit off of that. This has all the same problems that Black Chocobo has, except Black Chocobo is another weenie that only costs one that helps do the same thing that the deck is trying to do to win. Um, while getting more cards in your hand is always good, like, Chocobos isn't the kind of deck that just, is, like, has this reactivation on their backups, or, frankly, is building backups, or is, like, floating CP. You're playing, like, like three fat Chocobos and two Mions. You know, you don't even have room for, for backups in that deck. Yeah, uh, you, but you I might, think this you is might good. play, like, a single arc for shits and giggles. That's about it. But yeah. even then, that's, that's, that's pushing it. But if you are gonna do, um... Now, right now, this is a backup, so the Sid doesn't uh, basically... I'm going to use the word proliferate, so magic people, you know, this doesn't do that to the counters on this card. This doesn't increase the amount of counters on the backup. But if we do get something that does do that to counters, all of a sudden this card changes drastically. Um, and it will be interesting to see how uh, many activation shenanigans.dex end up coming out, because after this card was spoiled, we did get to see Barrel Eye. So yeah. it's like... Um, maybe this card finds a place if you're really recycling that much CP, but I think there are other proactive backups that you can use if you're really going to just keep reactivating your backups that much. But no, absolutely. Could um, have, could have but a home. indeed, but cards that I think you know we go from one that isn't so great, but now we're going to talk about one that actually is solid. Um, that is the new Aegis. He's a 5CP Fire Forward Warrior of Light category uh, FFL, Final Fantasy Legends. Um, and his, he's a 5CP 9K. His text is, The Job Warrior of Light Forwards you control can form a party with Job Warrior of Light Forwards of any element. Cool. Really neat. Um, and, it, and his other ability is, when Aegis enters the field, you may play one job, yep. Warrior of Light, of cost Before four this cast started, you said you liked Warriors of Light. So go, go, ahead and, uh, go ahead and bless us with your hot take on this one. So, yeah, I play a lot of Warriors of Light. So I don't find his first ability to be that relevant, just because in that deck, those forwards get so big as far as power goes that I've never felt the need to party attack. However, who cares about that? Because the second ability is what you're playing him for. If you're putting down a four drop, a light wall, earth wall, um, the warrior of light that reduces damage to all warriors of light, Ingus arc, um, water refuge. If you're playing that for some reason, Lunith, like he has so many great targets and you know, they're probably going to be coming out with a new soul, a new dusk, a new Sarah, because you know, it just, it seems like they're putting everyone out. So maybe he can play some of those as well. Like, yeah, he just seems fantastic to me. The only real question I have is do I play him over the other ages? Because while this one undeniably brings out a better forward, the fact that the other ages gives all warriors of light brave is really good. And I really like that. Or you can really have fun and play him in title and you have ages and then you play ages into ages. And then you let that ages play soul. <laughs> Battle of the Ages, as it yeah, were. As it were. Uh, the Battle great. of the Ages. Oh, good. that's good. Um, yeah, so I, I think that uh, that this guy's good, man. He he's gonna cheat 
forwards onto the field. And we did get the Sarah spoiled, the new Sarah spoiled, right? The, it's like yeah. a backup that searches for a bunch oh, of these guys, yeah. right? Yep. So the fact is you can play her and then you get him and like uh, something for him to play. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those, like you were saying, the light wall kind of chains into another guy. And, and it's like, I think that, uh, well, yeah, the other one does give everybody brave. One of the reasons you don't see a lot of those decks is because, and we're going to talk about this in our main topic, but when you're like, I'm going to play, you know, Aegis into Soul, and then it's like, oh, Marsh Ritz is a way crazier two-for-one than that. So it's like their right. board's going to get wider, then your board's going to get much faster. But, like, this card is taking the concept and speeding it up to speed with like these things like the marshal like oh marshal plays two pretty powerful forwards well now you're going to be able to chain out like four eight to nine k's and they're not going to have as crazy uh like on attack abilities but they're going to be these huge chonkers man you know like they're, they're gonna that's going to be a hell of a board that you just develop out of thin air i think that uh and we're seeing a Big lot old of chonky those. boy yeah and and with the twins that we're going to talk about later we're seeing a lot of uh a lot more two for ones and baked into a lot of cards and even at lower rarities, this guy's only a rare. Um, so I think that we're going to see more things kind of catch up to that efficiency. Well, and, and I'm glad you said that because you guys hit the nail right on the head with this card. So the only thing I'm going to say about this ages versus the old ages is right now, I'm not a fan of all of my stuff having brave just because of Bahamut zero implications. Mm. I like giving something brave <laughs> when I want it to have brave. Um, selective and, yeah right and i think that's a very important distinction um brave is good i love i love the concept of being able to attack and defend with these bodies you're a courageous guy chris you like you right. like brave. I, I am yeah. I, I am i'm a brave fella but like there's nothing worse than have a board uh, full of brave boys and then you just get blown out by bahamut zero because bees are circling around yeah. that's right exactly <laughs> exactly so I, I i think this Aegis definitely sees play over the other one um, but moving on to a card that I don't think is as good, but I love the art on it. Uh, this one is also a full art, if I'm not mistaken. We have another Waff card, the old Quancho Queen. She's back, um, but this time on a forward. She's a 4CP forward, job queen. Yes, queen. Um, 8K. Uh, she's a heroic. Um, so when Quancho Queen is, uh, she's also a monster in all situations. We've seen this before on a lot of the other uh, Waff cards. Um, and when, when Quancho Queen enters the field, choose one monster of cost two or less in your break zone. Add it to your hand. If it is also a forward, play. If it is also a forward, that it being the monster you choose in your break zone, uh, if it's also a forward, play it onto the field instead. Um, I think it's fine. I don't know where it's going to see play. I mean, you you need some decent monsters. Obviously, you know, playing this in some kind of waff shell, but I think you need more water cards, more waff water cards to even have that argument. Um, there's not really many water monsters or you know monsters that you want to play that are a monster and a forward i I think there's just i think in especially in this element we you know we just saw realm who is a much better way to get you the monsters you want when you want them so Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe maybe there's something here but right now i mean outside of gorgeous art it's i don't see much going on here what do you guys think i think there currently aren't even any monsters in the element that fit the bill yeah, it's only Zapped, Babliz, and Frit, I believe. Yeah, so because it's they have to be monsters in all situations, just not just the ones that become forwards um, when they are on the field, right? So because they are in the break yep. zone. So yeah, this is uh, this is pushing a very very specific 
like Waff mm-hmm. Monster build, which this card's in the wrong color for entirely. It's already three yep. colors that this doesn't match. So, <laughs> uh, but they went ahead and they gave it some some original art. They gave it a full art card. There's got to be some cards that play along with this, and yeah, uh, I feel like I can't evaluate this card until I see what they are. Yeah, no, that's fair. Travis, how about you? Yeah, same thing. I I hope they release a Quacho card. I don't know if anyone's played World of Final Fantasy, but those are oh, her little course. minions, those little penguins. Like, So that would be a perfect water character to put in here who could also be a monster in all situations. So it, it'll be very strange if they just release this and then they don't release any support for her within this. It's a scene. dead hero, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've seen that happen before. We're looking at you, Rufus. We're looking at you, Lightning Legend. That's right. There's Legend without an Odin in the set. Yeah, <laughs> they seem. They, it seemed like they only do that with like lightning legends. They they kind of did it with Rufus. I mean, yes, he got two backups, but it was like whatever. That was the biggest bizarre thing for me in Opus Eleven with the new Umaru that came out. I mean, they released so many six characters, and they don't release a Mog to go with that new Umaru. That yeah, made that's no a sense. perfect example of that. Absolutely, they had just released one. No one's using. You know, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> they need a new one for. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, Quantro um, Queen's fine. So but, next uh, is the poster spoilers. Well, well, actually, no. The uh, we're we're flip flopping that. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. We're go- we're gonna go we're gonna go with a, another shit water card here. <laughs> um, we're going with a two CP Minwoo backup. We don't need to spend any time on this guy because this card is shit. Um, it's a two CP backup. The- uh, Theat Rhythm Category Two. Uh, job White Mage, of course, for two water, two colorless, and a dull. Put Minwoo in the break zone. Cast of su- cast a summon. Of cost seven or less from your hand without paying its cost. You're not doing that. You're not playing this card. So the best thing he can do is cast Bahamut Zero, really, I guess. Exactly. In, in mono water. I don't know. Next. Or two. Yeah. But you have to pay five to do yeah. that. So and the thing is, exactly. <laughs> and even in like the crazy, like, oh, in those wacky cheat and high cost off color summon decks, that's the mm-hmm. one time you're playing the legend forward, Minwoo. Who this guy's coming on the same set as? I don't know, man. Uh, somebody's got some kind of Minwoo thing over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's somebody's like got like a like a Minwoo body pillow. Because yeah. I don't know what's going on with the with the Minwoo cards. After the first one, the first one was like, wow, they just made the Great. most the most busted ass Minwoo card. Then they probably got like slapped and chastised. Like, stop. Now <laughs> now make worse Minwoos, and they're like, all right, but we're still gonna give them you know the love. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, it's it's a cute little effect, but I don't think you're really building around that. Nope. Not at all. Unless we see a bomb seven cost, like, water summon. I don't know. Even then, you're just going to reduce it with unit and pay six. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anything to add to this one, Travis? Or Nope. Said it all. Cool. Beautiful. All right. So now we're getting to the ones that were um, on the poster. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, this was the uh, yeah. This, there were two posts. No, this was the mag. No, we're getting to the magazine. Sorry, I apologize. No, that's right, Card Gamer Magazine. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and we're starting out with a good WAF card um, because it's in the right element. And I'll talk about this in a second. Uh, so it's a two CP Princess Goblin, uh, two CP backup WAF uh, Job Goblin. Um, when Princess Goblin enters the field, you may search for one light forward and add it to your hand. When a light forward enters the field, put Princess Goblin into the break zone. Um, I think this card's good, and I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. You don't, because a, you don't need to search a light forward. Um, I like it because it's another Waff fire source. They don't really have; they've only got two. They've only got Rorik and 
um, uh, fucking Waff Mom. <laughs> honey, Luce? Bahamut's here. Luce, yeah, honey, Bahamut's honey, here. pack your things. Bahamut's coming. <laughs> honey, Bahamut. <laughs> Bahamut's destroying the town, honey. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think just because it's fire and it's a two CP WAF backup, that's good enough. You don't. It's it's pretty much a blank card. You don't and, unless you get a light forward. I mean, but here's the thing: you don't really want to break that. You want to accelerate. You want to get to five backups in WAF. And I, the fact that I can and most most of your WAF forwards in that deck, most of those forwards are fire. So being able to have three fire backups and two earth backups there's a lot of times where that probably feels so much better so i think i think that alone makes it worth it now it being job goblin now there's a card that searches for goblins isn't there uh, yeah, yeah, Verena, the, yeah the water backup yeah Verena, the water backup for yeah. 11 category 11 ex burst three drop mm -hmm. searches for so job goblin Yep, so there you go. So maybe maybe uh, with that and Quancho Queen, maybe Fire, Water, Waff might be a thing if we get some actual Quanchos. But uh, what do you guys think of this card? Go ahead, John. Uh, so the thing to note is if there's a light forward that has a relevant S ability use, um, that's like a really cool way to use this card. Otherwise, like you said, yeah, it's pretty much blank. Right now, there's no light forward that we benefit from discarding um in any kind of way so but otherwise yeah it's just waff wants to hit a critical number of waff characters this does that job yep very th very thematic to the game because this character is in love with the warrior of light so it's very appropriate oh, she searches out a light forward that's awesome and then she the dies when the when she gets yep. him that's right. <laughs> good flavor good flavor and uh next up we're getting into something that john loves it's a uh, final fantasy 11 forward it's a two cp omia am i saying that right john Omia, yeah. Omia. Omia. Uh, job Bard. Omia. It's a, an Omia. That's a she, right? Yep. Okay. So Omia, she's a Job Bard, 2CP Ice Forward, uh, 5K power. Um, this is cool. The Ice Forwards, other than Omia, you control, gain 1,000 power. And at damage 3, you can dull her, choose an Ice Forward. It gains an additional 2,000 power until the end of the turn. At damage 5, you can dull her, choose one Ice Forward until the end of the turn. It gains 2,000 power, haste, first strike, and brave. We'll just load them up. So yes. she is a bard, so she has a passive aura that buffs the ice forwards, and then she mm -hmm. has abilities where she, uh, you know, focuses a party member and pumps them up. Yeah, um, give. I think giving. Uh, put. There's not a lot of ice forwards that have haste. But having a card that can do that. That yeah, can... it's a little scary. Yeah, absolutely, because we saw back in the Turbo days, you know, sometimes just playing that 2CP Squall with haste just wins you the game on the spot. Yeah, uh, and it, it's like, <laughs> it's haste, and it makes it big enough that, like, hey, it's either killing your thing or, you know, Genesis or Lux getting through kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it's interesting. It's a lot packed into a 2-drop, that's for sure. And any 2-drop, this is what I said when Renoa came out, I said any 2-drop with three lines of text has to be good. <laughs> yep, it's got some serious PSI, sir. That's right. Yeah, and the, yeah, like uh, uh, anthems on forwards are double-edged swords, right? They're easy to remove. Like, it's easy to combat trick out your anthem. But it's also, like you said, with the PSI and stuff like that, it's easy to cheat this anthem in, like sneak it right. in. So that's pretty cool. Uh, also, just uh, Ryoma Ito is the one who did the Nationals artwork with Prish and Shantoto. Uh, that unique Final Fantasy TCG artwork where the characters are like literally holding the cards, um, which uh, you know I've gushed about on this cast before, and he's the one uh, doing all the art on these. 
-hmm. and um they're gorgeous man these cards look so good i'm so very excited as a final fantasy 11 fan absolutely travis your thoughts on uh on the old uh gal here omiya uh cards like this scare me because i play with cody snodgrass and he is a mono ice (laughs) player and that's all he plays so anything that makes ice powerful is like Ooh, <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with him. So, but but I also I like this kind of design that you have a card, kind of like Edge, that it really empowers everything else. But the card itself is actually pretty easy to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's I really enjoy that design. I think this thing could is definitely worth a look. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of cards that are worth a look, the next one here is actually one of my favorite cards that's been spoiled. It's probably my second favorite one, and this is the the Lightning Legendary. It's Gilgamesh. Uh, 5 CP, uh, 9K forward, uh, job Praetorian, uh, category Mobius, which is relevant, and 5. Um, and this guy's got three lines of text, and I think they're all excellent. Even the second one, which is mysterious. So the first line of text is put Gilgamesh into the break zone, choose a forward, and break it. Ugh, just clean, simple. Uh, second line of text, dull, search uh, for one card name in Kidu and play it onto the field dull. And then his last line of text for three lightning and two colorless, choose a damage forward and break it. Um, I think this card's great, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, just, tell me why, Chris. I'm going to tell you why. Chris Collins, you know, here's a guy. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, really that first line of text alone. John, there's a word we love saying here on this, uh, on this podcast, and go ahead and tell me what that is. Inevitability. Inevitability. Um, this guy hits the board. And something's going to die. Like You try to target this guy with removal, he's taking something with it. And like I like the fact that he gets a clean break on his own terms. Like, it, it, someone spent, uh, you know, yes, there can be more efficient ways like Nyx and stuff like that. But if my opponent plays a BFA, I play this guy and I'll just break him to break your BFA. I mean, I'm still coming out ahead. You know what I mean? And there's no must, no fuss. Um, and I also like the implications with this guy with the new Regis that we you know talked about last week. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have Gilgamesh on the board. You break him. You do some Kingsglaive stuff in main one. Then you play Regis. Get back all of that stuff. Gilgamesh just comes right back. So it's like, you know, you've got like th- I think this card is good. And we maybe we're gonna get a new Enkidu in this set. So well, we don't you know, have an Enkidu. We don't yeah, have so one. We better I, get thought, one. I, thought, I, thought, I thought we had one. We already. have a, we, we have one of those up. like so they've got those whack ass like uh, type zero versions of Gilgamesh and there's oh, like Enkidu yeah. Uruk, Enkidu Uruk or something like that. Oh, uh, that, the that makes like tortoise Lassie Gilgamesh cheaper right. or something like that. Okay, but we don't have a proper Enkidu. Enkidu is going to be a little green chicken. Yeah, okay. uh, it's probably going to be a one CP monster. I'd be shocked if it wasn't well, wind. I'll bet it. And I'm glad you said that because since it's job Mobius, the the Mobius searcher is actually in wind. Yeah, so and that also means this something... dude's hasteable. So if uh, you know uh-huh. you got the Maya out, you play him, you do the Enkidu thing, you get Enkidu on the field, crack the Gilgamesh. If Enkidu has some kind of a, the thing is Enkidu usually is like protecting Gilgamesh, or there's like yep. weird phases of the Gilgamesh fights where like he dips out and uses Enkidu like a substitute. Um, mm-hmm. If Enkidu has some kind of cool effect, that's like when Gilgamesh goes to the break zone, which I'm sh- I'm almost positive it will, uh, or it will come in and deal like damage. It'll do like a thousand damage or something because everything about Gilgamesh is designed for you to be able to use both of his abilities the same turn that you search for Enkidu and play it onto the field dull. Mm-hmm. So I, there has to be like a really neat synergy going on there. Dude, and I also, can't wait to see it. Look at the size of this man's arms. This man. Mm-hmm 
is so strong that he probably punched those six holes in the ceiling. Yes. This guy is going uh, to crack your opponent in half. Beautiful artwork, by the way. Oh, yeah. gorgeous. Yep. Mo- movie stuff always looks good. You know, looking at this now, uh, like I-, I thought it was great the first time I read it, but having seen that behemoth monster that got revealed, mm-hmm. why would you ever play that when this exists? Because you this would. does the same thing, and you get to keep the body. <laughs> we yeah. joked about that when they spoiled the behemoth. We were like, uh, but Gil- Gilgamesh? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, it was like, if yeah. you prefer Gilgamesh, but want an objectively worse card, this is for you. Full yeah, card, I mean, you, you play you play Behemoth in a budget version, or if yeah. you don't, or in limited. If you don't, if you don't happen to pull a bunch of Gilgameshes, you'll pull the Behemoths. But um, yeah, I think Gilgamesh is a great card. Um, how do you guys feel? He's sick. I love him. I also yeah, love dude, that his really his. I love his action effect that it takes three lightning because it just means you you can splash him in non lightning things, but it'll just make it that much harder to get his effect off. Yeah, and like I said, the big thing, I, I love the synergy he has with the new Regis legend. I think that's just, like, it, it makes so much sense to me. Chris, yeah. it's, it says something that a lot of these cards, when you see them and they have something like search for card name in Kidu, sometimes you have to wait. You're like, well, I don't really know how good this will be until I see that. Like, I felt that about Judge of Wings uh, mm-hmm. in Opus 10. But this one, about again, Queen. <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, who cares what Enkidu does? He's great on his own. Enkidu can yep. theoretically only be a positive benefit for him. Exactly. That's a great way to look at it. Enkidu um, is like, remove all of Gilgamesh's abilities. Oh, no. Enkidu oh, no. <laughs> must be played. Yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, I think he's all positives. Uh, this is a really exciting Lightning Legend. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And another exciting card coming up. You know how we feel about FF6 cards Chris, on this, this podcast. this is the only full art that I may just purchase if I don't get one because well, I need I to own that. this piece of art. It's beautiful. And, of course, we are talking about a new realm. This is the uh, And that's crazy. We're getting a realm two sets back-to-back, by the way. Um, we all... Um, but anyway, she's a 4CP, 5K, uh, Water Forward, EX Burst, uh, Job Pictomancer, Category 6, the usual. Um, and her ability is EX Burst. When Realm enters the field, choose one character without multi-unit other than Realm. You may search for one character with the same name and add it to your hand. Fucking gross. She just says, go get, go get, go get your S of choice. Yeah, go get an S ability. Go go Mirage Dive. Yep. And in a in a, a category full of S abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really neat card because it enables the S ability, and the S ability is something that uh usually feels like an afterthought. Like, oh, I'll do this because I drew the extra copy. This right. is a proactive way to just like, oh, I'm gonna go get it, and I'm going to use the S ability. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. Also, uh, I think it's really funny that they keep printing realms that don't work with the one card that works with realm, which is the Strago backup that right. plays, that plays <laughs> yeah. two cost realms. God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, I mean, this is a gorgeous card. It's a really unique effect, so it has no kind of clash whatsoever with the monster realms. Um, uh-huh. It is actually a relevant Final Fantasy VI character in water that doesn't need monsters, so that's important yeah. too. Yeah. As Rome would say about Strago, what a fuddy duddy. Indeed. <laughs> um, I, w- I will say, if anyone has not closely looked at this full art as I am now doing, one of the most creative pieces I've ever seen. She literally has tubes of paint. One of them has a cactar on it. One of them has a flan. One of them has a chocobo. Mm-hmm. And the swirling picture of Ultros and the bomb. And the, like, wow, just, who, man, Beautiful. such creative artwork. It's, it's gorgeous. 
Yeah, dude. Absolutely. She's she is wielding three paintbrushes, four paintbrushes at once. Sorry, with the palette like attached to her right forearm, and across her back has like a Buster Sword style giant paintbrush. Yeah, and she is just <laughs> pictomancing the shit out of this card. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yep. this is such a gorgeous piece of art. Yeah, card's good. Um, next up, we have another uh, category fifteen card. We have a uh, uh, Iris. We have a uh, that is uh that is, um. Gladio's sister, mm -hmm, if I'm not right. mistaken. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I don't know why I couldn't spit his name out, but uh, she's a 4CP8K, uh, Category 15. Uh, job is Lucian uh, Subject, and she's a Earth Wind forward. Um, and her text is, when Iris enters the field, choose up to two Wind backups you control and up to two Earth backups you control and activate them. I like that. Um, and then for Wind and Earth, select one of the two following actions. Iris gains 2,000 power until the end of the turn. Or Iris gains. Iris cannot be blocked by a forward of power nine thousand or more until the end of the turn. Uh, card's cool. She's like a, almost. She's like a dual element Vada and Bart's. You know, if you've got your backup set to where you've got two wind, two uh, earth, or three wind, two earth, whatever, she pretty much becomes a free card. Yeah, I do also enjoy that it's up two. So if you did yep. want to tap one, tap one, discard a card, you still get to untap those two backups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is um, it? As a guy who plays a lot of 15 decks, um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, when that Noctis was revealed, I was like, well, it's such a cool card, but oh, it's got Name Clash. Like, I don't know if I could put it in the 15 deck. I was like, I wish it was called Iris. And then they release an Iris, but she's wind. So I was like, oh, like, I don't know if I could fit her into the Earth Lightning. Like, man, I'm happy to see Iris get a card because she was also one of my favorite characters from 15. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't honestly know how to evaluate. Yeah, it's just one. like Final Fantasy 15, dude. You would be like, wow, this is a cool character. I hope I get to add her to my party. And then you find out that no. Right. She just doesn't go in the party. Yeah, she she goes off. somewhere completely different. Maybe the DLC yep. Earthwind deck. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And we'll talk about some more Earthwind cards here, but we're moving on to another Scion here. We uh, Last week we talked about Thancred. Uh, we got a new Urianje. Um, he is a lightning water forward. Obviously, job Scion of the Seventh Dawn, category 14, 3CP, 7K. Uh, when Urianje enters the field, you may play one monster of cost two or less from your hand onto the field, and when you do so, choose a forward opponent controls and return it to its owner's hand. Travis, what do you think? Well, I'm glad you asked, because Scions of the Seventh Dawn is my favorite deck, and I won't Ooh. lie, all the Scions revealed, it just, none of them so far fit into the current archetype of Earth Lightning Scions, you know, because uh -huh. these guys have water. Um, so I am happy to see them, but I'm just like, oh, can I play those in this deck? Are they going to have to be something on their own? And my one regret is that I wish they had made an Urianje that's not tied to monsters. However, all those personal feelings aside, there's no doubt that for what he does, it's value. You're getting a monster for free, so that's two CP for free, plus you could bounce... Um, it just says choose a forward. It, it could be a, a massive, you know, a Veritas, a Vein, whatever, and you could bounce it back to their hand. So his effect uh, is... Uh, choose, yeah, choose a forward, the opponent controls. Yeah, that it's limited controls. to their side. Yeah. Um, also, that effect is mandatory, so you can't, like, mm -hmm. just put the monster and then not bounce. You will have to do the bounce. So his text reads undeniably good, I think. It's just, man, I was so bummed. I was like, oh, but I can't put this in Earth Lightning. How am I going to put these water scions in? Well, I think, and I'm glad you said it like that. Um, then I'm going to get your feedback, John. Mm -hmm. um, I think he just fits in a very – he's a tempo card. He is straight up a tempo card because you're going to play him. You're going to play maybe something like a dragon. And then you're gonna bounce a guy, break a guy, um, like that. That's that's a huge swing. Yeah. So I, I think he he goes. I don't think like we're seeing scions in this set that are not 
tied and locked into that archetype, which right. I, 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 I kind of like. I like being able to play a scion that isn't named Yastola in another yeah. deck. <laughs> so, yeah, give John, them a little more screen time, Chris. Exactly. Um, so I, I get both sides of it, right? Like, if you're a huge scion fan and you love that scion's deck, you're always just looking for like, oh man, I just want them to make every time that new like main characters officially become scions i know they're like oh my god i hope it's like an earth legend so it's like yeah like you know they just want one more unique name scion character to just push the deck a little further because honestly chris you give that deck two more unique name scion forwards and it just becomes like it just steps up a tier again you know um so i understand that frustration at the same time hey if you like ariander like you know now you get to play him in more places although i think that he uh, what's interesting is that the two drop was getting splashed into a lot of things just to play one drop monsters, right? Because when he comes in, he can just play because he counts himself. Um, so I think it's funny that this guy is just like a better body and he still kind of covers the same uh, group of monsters that people usually use Orianja to play. But yeah, I do agree. It's weird that they keep him locked to the monsters. As far as flavor goes, like, yeah, I mean, I guess he's living among like Beastmen kind of dealio in this at this point when he's looking like this. But this Ariandra's not the one who's just always out there doing like the primal research. Exactly. I don't know. He's he's more like a magical kind of caster guy. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's a little upsetting that he's just de- kind of does the same thing. But again, um, not the most exciting dual color card, but works well with Thancred. And there's just going to be a lot of pulling things out of your break zone in that deck and playing yeah. him on the field for free. So, And something to note with this guy, that monster has to be in your hand. He, yeah. So you can't like dump the monster to play the Urianje, which you could do with the other one. This That's one, true. you've got to have it in hand. Mm-hmm. Hey, but yep. you know what? So, it lets, uh, it lets Water Lightning play... Uh, what's his face? In Saganashi, so it's got to be oh, yeah. some oh, kind of good. That, that might be good enough. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, All right. Well, speaking of gross, uh, we're going to getting to this next card. It's a... Uh, um, bleh. This card's got me all kinds of flustered because I think this card's insane. I know she's um, got to put some a, clothes on, Chris. Uh, that's right. right. She, she's strapped in. Uh, that's right. It is a three CP ice backup. It is Bell. Um, uh, in town, it is only she. She's the informant. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a there's a Beauty and the Beast joke somewhere in here, but um anyway, um she's a three CP backup category. Chris, uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which makes her broken already. Um, job informant. Uh, we like we like those here on the RVA Returners cast. We mm-hmm. love uh, we love informant. She's our CI. Uh, she's up there with Quint Bell and Quincy. Quincy on the streets. They That's say right, he's but, still uh, deep undercover. We we haven't seen him uh, research to this in day. Years. <laughs> That's right. But uh, this card uh, is pretty great. Uh, so when Bell enters the field, your opponent reveals their hand. Select one card of cost four or more in their hand. Your opponent discards this card. Um. So first of all, let's 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 take the low hanging fruit here. Um, turn one North Stalin, search Bell. Turn two Bell. Blah. Your colors are fixed, and you've stripped your opponent of a card. And the reason this is important, let's take a deck a deck that you know that I'm familiar with, where you've got a pretty definitive turn two play. So your opponent turn one, they play. Uh, you know, you're or maybe um, yeah, you're going. You're the Crystal Chronicles player. You go first. You play North Stalin, search Bell. Your opponent now has a huge choice to make on their first turn. Do they play the one backup and know they're going to lose the shadow and rethink their entire turn, or do they pitch three, play shadow, and maybe maybe potentially put themselves in a, in a weird spot? You know what I mean? Well, that's exactly like, it. I'm going to compare this to a card 
that isn't the obvious comparison at first. Mm-hmm. The card I'm going to compare this to is the Legend Forward Zidane, not 3CP yes. Zidane. And the reason yes. is because when you play that card on the field, your opponent has a decision, right? They're like, well, if I can't kill it, either I'm going to dump all of the forwards out of my hand just so that, haha, you can't get anything, right? And I'm going to play things with all my forwards. I'm going to... And... And the reason that that's still fine is because now they're playing inefficiently. They're playing. They didn't want to put all those forwards on the table, like right. You, they they tried to play around it, and they actually still screwed up their game, right? Uh-huh. So that's the thing with this bell is yeah, it, that play is telegraphed, right? But it's like hey, I guess it's time to lose all those cards, or I'm just gonna uh-huh. take one. And the worst case scenario for you is you still get all that hand knowledge. And so yep. like if they try to play around it like that, that's not always the right decision. If you have like one high cost card, you can turn, you know, convert that into a backup. That's fine, but it's not even forward or something like that. So if you're sitting there holding on to like Tiro Marsh BFA, like it's not right to just ditch everything, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, it's definitely like you said, it gives your opponent a chance to kind of to play around it, but it's a tough choice to make. Yeah, yeah, it puts you in a real pickle where you you don't want to take the turn you want to take, and uh, that like that, that that alone makes it a very powerful card. Mm-hmm. And that's if you know it's coming. What if they yeah. just slam it down? You didn't even expect it. I mean, oh, yeah. there's that too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to get searched, but the fact that it can is really uh, is nice and powerful. Yeah. Also, they could hold on to it, right? Or this could come down not turn two, right? Yeah. Like, or oh, I, I searched to... for my thing, and then pop. Yeah, yep. pop. Thanks. If they wait for you to play the Mont Blanc to search out the marsh, and it's like, oh, not today. I'm gonna Luca this bitch onto the field. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there's so much goofy shit you can do. Um, I think it's a great card. Absolutely great card. Yeah. Nothing but wrong with looking at your opponent's hand and taking cards out of it. Indeed. Well, we're going to move on to some not-so-great cards here. Um, we've got a new standard unit. It's a Wind White Mage 2CP category special backup job standard unit. Uh, when White Mage enters the field, choose up to three backups you control. If you have cast three or more cards this turn, activate them. Wind has this new identity in this set of... Like almost like a storm for magic players. Like the more cards you cast, the more rewarded you are for it. Now, granted, so th- so people know to cast something means you have to pay a CP cost for it. So cheating something into play does not count as casting it. So you can't marsh ritz and cheat something else into play and be able to play this and reap the benefits off of it. You have to actually pay a CP cost for the three cards that you cast. Um, if that can be a thing, this card will be a thing. But if not, then there's nothing happening here. I think it's interesting. I think that this card, with enough of those effects, mm-hmm. could have something going on. I'm not sold yet. But the fact that this is a multiplayable card that has that kind of, you know, like a two-drop backup at its worst, mm-hmm. um, and if this is backup four, backup five on like one of those kinds of turns, can really just immediately ramp you all the way up. Uh, it's interesting, but I, I don't want to dismiss it outright, but uh, I'm not sold yet. I'll dismiss it outright. <laughs> I, I don't like this. I just wind like has wind ever struggled? Oh, man, you know what wind struggles at reactivating their backups. There are so many other cards that already do this and like often give you something else. Backup Bart's backup Aerith, uh, like any wind monster, wind forwards that reactivate it, wind summons. I just I just don't again, maybe in like limited. This is fine. But I was just like, why would you be like, yeah, I don't want those other cards that do that. I'll just play this one. I mean, that, just play that them, play them all. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's what you do. You just jam everything in. That's the thing is if I think you're going for like a super reactive 80 and you want to plus on as many of those effects as possible, the fact that this cannot 
it, by design have a name clash and is multiplayable is the relevant factor. But again, it's only if that becomes a viable thing to do. Like, just play a bunch of shit at once. Like, if those singular turns, because you can't sustain that for... I don't care how many of this new Alexander we're going to talk about you're playing. You know, you right. can't sustain that for that many turns. So you're going to have these explosive turns. Uh, and they if those are going to be enough, uh, we'll see. Yep. And speaking of another card that I'm going to go ahead and dismiss, uh, it's, <laughs> we're, we're getting into the first of these cycle of monsters. It's a new uh, Cactuar. It's also 1 CP. Uh, category Crystal Hunt. Job Cactuar. Um, it's a monster. When Cactuar enters the field, select one of two of the following actions. Cactuar also becomes a forward with 4,000 power. This effect does not end at the end of the turn. Or put Cactuar into the break zone. When you do so, choose a forward. Your opponent reveals the cop top card of their deck. If the revealed card's cost is 3 or less, deal it 1,000 damage. If the revealed card's cost is 4 or more, deal it 10,000 damage. Um, eh, I mean, it's, it's neat. I mean... One CP to potentially. I mean, I, look, this is a this is a roll the dice for me, man. I'm not I'm not real big on these one eight hundred gambler cards here. <laughs> yeah, me either, dude. If you know somebody with a problem, right, That's right. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, maybe if there's like a cactuar with an S ability, we get like giganto cactuar jumbo cactuar oh, one day jumbo and you can just start like loading cactuars into your deck like bullets like needles and firing <laughs> them at the opponent it will be happy to have a job or a, a card named cactuar job cactuar uh wow. otherwise man next card <laughs> next card. yeah i mean do we feel that do we feel that way next card yeah, yeah. man i'm not into this uh the so what i will just say just because it's going to cover it for all of them um this type of monster that just becomes a forward, the fact that this loses the one benefit that monster forwards have, where they are monsters on your opponent's turn at least, right. kind of like, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you're really into monsters for chump blockers, it's a 1cp 4k, mm -hmm. but you know, uh, the, you can you can get more bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah I mean, you nailed it. That's the benefit of monsters is that, like, they can survive any Stola. They can survive, you know, a Fina board wipe or something. So you're you're giving that up by having that. Yep. Yeah, it's either a forward or a summon, pretty much. A sorcery speed summon. Maybe so playing it's... three of these Cactuars as 1CP 4K forwards is how you turn on these uh, <laughs> white well, mages. And, and what you just there said, you Chris, I was thinking about that for all these monster cards. Is like, well, what if I think of it like a summon? But you still have to put it out on your turn, so yep. it's not even like summon. You know, you can't do it in attack phase. You can't do it on their turn, so mm -hmm. it's not a summon in that sense. And honestly, exactly. have any of those monsters that you can do that with? Have any of the monsters that could like become forwards or you can discard to do a thing? Have they been relevant outside of like the L three match that you watched, Chris, when Red nope. Cap made his first appearance and you had to read what it did? His, no, his first and his last appearance. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> uh, it's a hard sell for me. Yeah, but this next card is not a hard sell. It is a, a new Odin. Dust off your lightnings, boys. Um, it's a 6-CP summon, category 9. Um, which may be relevant. No, Steiner only gets characters. Yeah, but he's cool. Cards. Yeah, that's fine. I like the fact that it's category 9. Uh, entitled, you could only play Atomos before this, so, you know. Well, there yeah. you go. But, so this card's great. So the ca the cost required to cast Odin is reduced by one for <laughs> card name Odin in your break zone. It cannot become zero. And for from one to six CP, 
Choose one forward and break it. Woo-wee. He's good. Yeah, he is good. good. There's no doubt about it. This is a good card. This is a straight break effect that gets cheaper and cheaper, and it's pretty damn good at five and plus. You know, it's uh, yeah. it. Uh, we talked about this when Lightning was spoiled, and I am on the record saying that I don't like Lightning Legend. I don't think that it's a good card until there was an Odin that was better, that made sense, that benefited from the same stuff as the Lightning Legend. And this is exactly that Odin. And now the Lightning Legend is insane because this card is incredible. Yeah. Yep. That's what's so cool is that there's already this Odin-based Lightning deck of like, yeah, you just jam a bunch of Odins in there. It's like, oh, here's one that benefits from all those Odins you jammed in Dude, there. this Odin like fell asleep and missed the train. He was supposed <laughs> to be in Opus 11 or something, like Opus 10. You know what I mean? Like He was supposed to come out with that Lightning. I don't know what the hell is going on. He was like... They're like, oh shit, guys! Did we forget the Odin? He slept, <laughs> through, he slept through his alarm. It happened. Guys, did you fucking? Did we fucking forget that? Nobody's playing that Lightning Legend. Why not? Oh shit! Oh my god, we forgot the Odin. Yeah. Oh, they turned to, they turned to the Lightning Designer. They're the like, Odin. Oh. <laughs> they turned to the Lightning Designer. Well, what about that Odin you put in there? What Odin? <gasps> oh no! Yo, you guys canceled the Odin. Remember? Uh oh. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Finally. Lightning was waiting. Lightning was like checking her watch. Like I thought we said EST. Uh, Odin was on OST. <laughs> Odin's right. Odin's standard time, dude. He's yeah. showing up late. He's here to party. The party starts when he arrives. And the party is starting. So I can't wait to see what uh you know what we see with that Odin and the the lightning. Finally, she's finally going to get her day. I love when a legend finally gets his day, um or her day, and she'll she'll get hers. Um, one day, but- Opus One Jacked. One day. That's yeah. right. One day. Speaking of legends, I mean a rare. Right. Yeah. The next card here is one that's. Uh. I mean the 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 talk died down a little bit, but it's still definitely on the tip of everybody's tongue. And we're talking about Barrelai. Um. Three CP. Uh. Seven K. Uh. Category ten. It's an ice wind forward. Uh. Job Prater. Um. So this card's got a lot of text for a rare. So let's talk about it. When one or more dull backups you control is activated due to your summon or abilities, deal 3,000 damage to all the four opponent controls. When your opponent discards one or more card from their hand due to your summons or abilities, choose one character, dull it, and freeze it. What? Yeah, which part of this card should we talk about first? I think the second part is easier to tackle first because the first part has a lot of implications. So let's talk yeah. about when your opponent discards one or more cards from their hand due to your summons or abilities, choose one character. Character. Dull it and freeze it. So yeah. if Zadon enters the field when Barrel is in play, you're going to look at their hand, you're going to pull out their best card and dull freeze whatever character you want. That's crazy. Yep, same thing with uh, with Bell. Bell comes yeah. in, you know, there's, oh. there's like, th- there, there's a lot there. Like not only are you denying them resources, you're, you're, you're fucking up their next turn. So royally. It and pushes crazy... every discard effect so yes. far up. Yeah, it does. Like I'm going to glass you. Oh yeah. I'm going to dull freeze that. I'm going to dull that guy, make you discard. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and dull freeze that thing too. Or, like now, my locks, my Genesis is when they attack. They're like, oh, when they hit you, they're like, discard that card and barrelize out. It's like, oh yeah, don't freeze that thing too. <laughs> so, like, and here the crazy thing is that, like, that could have just been his text. I know, and that would have been fine because, like, look, because obviously he's part of this pushed ice wind uh, archetype. Um, 
this card definitely has a home. He's and the fact that he's category ten and he's searchable off fucking brother, um, mm-hmm. in that. So he's got an on element searcher. So it's just like get the fuck out of here. Then you know we're, we're working our way up. He's on curve, which is you know good. But then this first ability, like the minute the card was spoiled, um, the 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 name Guido came across everybody's tongue because. He Guido and Baralai, a two card combo, create pretty much an inf- when I, we say infinite board wipe, but it's a guaranteed board wipe. Because the crazy thing is, you know, with with yes, it's it's a little bit out there because you're looking at three elements. Da 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 da. There's we've heard all the naysay, but you're still looking at a two card combo that's not really that hard to pull off. You watch three four color decks work and thrive all the time. Um, and that's and this is just on a basic bare bones level. The fact that at that point all you would need is if they try to kill Barrelai on the stack, you just pay another water CP and just keep going until your opponent's board is dead. Then Barrelai is gone. Like, and and we're not even talking about the easy stuff, the pandemoniums, the phenas, like like the obvious stuff makes him yeah. good. My pandemoniums now are doing 5k. My valifors are now doing 6k. That's nuts. Fina is now doing fucking, you know, 8k. You, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and the you backup kick... you're activating is Pinello. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly, you, it makes like, hey, man, all those board wide damage things. Maybe they weren't quite getting there in like the 9, 10k forward world. Oh, nope, mm-hmm. just kidding. Here you go. They're all gonna get there. Uh, we're making this relevant. And uh, yeah, the Guido thing is an interesting angle. Yep. So there, there's there's a lot there. I can't wait to see what people. I mean, people are already brewing and trying to break this card off. I I want to. See, I mean, again, we're looking at a two card combo that's pretty easy to pull off. I mean, you have cards that can search out your pieces. Again, Baralai searchable off a of brother. There's ways to get Guido out of your deck. You can use you know something like Thordin. You can, you know, I don't know. I think Thornton's <laughs> Alpha the one that comes to mind. Alpha <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm just telling you, how he can search anybody. What a crazy yeah. card. Uh, but exactly. no, you're in that we'll window. Fiona. Fiona just yeah. searches for any character. Win backup. Yep. So there's a lot of neat stuff there. I, I, I This is a card I am very, very curious as to seeing what people do with it. Um, it's, it's definitely on a lot of people's radar. Um, but I think the hype has died down a little bit. But I think it's it, I, that that's going to be a deck that people are immediately going to try to see if oh, the juice sure. is worth the squeeze. Somebody at Square Enix really liked Barrelai and really hates Gipple, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. Let's move on to the card that was uh, uh, spoiled around the same time. It's a new Gipple. He's a three CP seven K category ten job faction leader. Um, the forwards forming a party you control gain brave, and when a party you control attacks, all forwards in that party gain five thousand power till the end of the turn. Eh, it's fine. I mean, he's obviously a combat combat centric card. Um, I do like him potentially in conjunction with uh, like the new Noctis that was spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some neat synergy there, but I mean, you're asking for a lot of bodies to be on the board. It's not like Barrelai where he just needs to be the only thing on the board. Whereas you know, Gipple. Gipple requires a full board to he requires really pop a party. Up. Like yeah. attacking, he requires an attacking party. Yes, he requires a party. He re- Gipple re- demands a party. <laughs> he demands a party. Gipple's the, big the, bash, dude. That's right. Gipple demands National a party. Lampoon's Gipple's big bash. <laughs> oh God, yeah. He yeah. he he demands a party immediately. Yes. 
to to the bin with you, Gipple. And that's a lot. That's you. a lot to ask. All right, Gipple, I don't know you very well. Yes, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know you very. It's like a, it's like that episode of Always Sunny where they make like the muscle things, but it's like and then people think it's a dick where they want to have the party. Oh my god, so, the the muscle invitations. <laughs> yes, yes, that's Gipple. Looking for cool guys to hang out with. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it man. remains to be it remains to be seen whether all this party stuff they're putting in the set will actually pay bear fruit or not. We'll However, see. if you're going in on that party theme, I do like him. Having forwards buff up that big can be pretty nice. Again, I'm I'm always a fan of Brave. Obviously, I mean, hey, that's looks, big. Yeah. Five thousand power is big. True. So if you're going in on the party theme, I think, you know, he might be interesting. So he's just not in the Rosa. payoff party color. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it maybe yeah. he's good with like an earth water thing. Uh, I, I've been doing party attacks plenty lately. We'll talk about that uh-huh. later. But yeah, it's, uh, I just think he, he's in the, I don't know about earth party attacks. That's all. What like exactly. little earth weenies am I trying to push you? Earth's got two drop nine Ks. Like who am I party attacking with? Right. <laughs> exactly. And we've, we've got a lot more to cover. Yeah, so let's we'll go, power go, through go. some Sorry. of these, uh, Next up, we've got a uh, we've got a new Ultros two CP Water Four two CP five K the At Rhythm Category Six Job Octopus. Of course, uh, when Ultros is put from the field into the break zone, you may pay water. When you do so, search for one card named Ultros and add it to your hand. Uh, for Dull, put Ultros in the break zone. Choose excuse me, choose one forward. It loses five thousand power till the end of the turn. Card is great. He makes the other Ultros even better. He was uh, our he spoiler. Puts, that's right. He was our spoiler, and he puts. Ultros puts himself right where you want this one to be in the bin. We, but no, for a good reason. Yes, uh, yeah, not, not like because he's garbage. <laughs> yeah, you're powering up the legend Ultros, and you know Ultros has the potential when it's all said and done to be cleaving for what five k. Yeah, when he attacks, mm-hmm. it's a big cleave, and that's a lot of just leave like, it to Cleaver uh, free guys. You know, just reviving. <laughs> leave it to Cleaver. It's a lot of free right. dudes just reviving over and over again. Uh, yeah, leave it to stick- Cleaver. That's Barrelized show too, dude. Yes. <laughs> that might be the name of the episode. Leave there it to go. Cleaver. I'm writing it down. Yes, uh, <laughs> we nailed it. Now I'm just going to call Barrelized Old Cleaver. That's right. Wall- <laughs> Ultros in the cleave. <laughs> Ultros in um, the cleaver. But Ultros, we have a whole video. Uh, you can see it on our Twitch channel. It's uh, where we did a like a little Ultros showcase tournament, playing some Ultros decks against each other. We talked a lot about this card in depth with Adam Duncan. Yep. So check that out if you want to hear more about Ultros. Sounds good. We're gonna, Indeed. yeah, we're just gonna move to Freya because we're just gonna plug that video for Ultros. And do yeah, you like right. Ultros, Travis? Yes, I do like Ultros. Okay, good. Well, we like that you like him. <laughs> oh. All right, next up is Freya. She's a two CP seven K. Uh, sorry, Water Lightning Category Nine, um, and uh, Decidia Final Fantasy. Uh, 2CP7K again, when Freya enters the field, select one of two of the following actions. Draw a card and then discard a card from your hand, uh, or choose one active four, deal it 4,000 damage. I think the card's fine. Yeah, it's fine. This yeah. is going to start a uh, a trend, actually we might have started already, the two-drop 7Ks. Uh, yep, just it all, started general, with uh, Shantoto earlier. Yeah, in general, the two-drop, or just the dual element cards being like plus 2K over curve. Um, mm-hmm. You can see that they really believe it, and again, like these guys play tested a lot. They really believe that the element restriction is mm-hmm. big enough for these. Um, and we'll see. You know, there's a lot to be said. Like a two drop card. One of the best things about a two drop card is you just discard a card to play it. This is always right. going to require the backups, and that means that once you have your two backups developed, you are going to have to you know tap two to play this. You can't just like 
that's two odd cost things or it makes it weird for other things. So there's, there's something to be said there, but I am going to say that all being said, I do think all these cards are just going to be good. Um, this Freya is a really cool new angle on Freya. And I think is a lot more relevant than some of the other ones in a lot of situations. Yep. Agreed. Has a, all that two drop water forward summon implication too. This is yep, really, there's, and a lot, there's a lot of implications. Uh, RNA, yeah. I guess is yeah, yep. very neat. Being able to RNA that back, uh, hit something for 4k and then, you know, whatever, or being able to cycle, being able to, uh, loot, sorry, man, loot is the proper term there. Yeah. Draw one, so, and discard one. Yeah. Yep. I dig that. Uh, next up, a card I don't dig so much. It's a new Lale. This was uh, this was Chocobo <laughs> Joe's spoiler, if I'm not mistaken. It's a 4CP AK. Boy, I'll tell you what, read his article because it uh, he really did a good job of hyping this card up. But uh, it's a 4CP AK, Crystal Chronicles, Crystal Bearer, new Lale. Uh, when Lale or a forward enters the field, place one bearer counter on Lale. Enters your field, sorry. Uh, remove three bear counters from Lael, choose a forward, remove it from the game. You can only use this ability while Lael is attacking. Um, so one thing I think is funny, just real quick, <laughs> I will say, because I'm going to laugh until I say it, is uh-huh. that this Lael has his left hand is out and his right hand looks like he's trying to pretend that there's a gun in his jacket. He's like, stick him, stick him up. <laughs> Give me all the money you've got in the bear counter. That's right. <laughs> he's got, he's Put all like, your bear counters in the bag. Right? Yeah, he's got his finger gun in his jacket, dude, and I can't unsee it. But anyway, he's robbing you with a butterfinger is what he's doing. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, so uh, what Joe was saying is this guy's a—he's an interesting neutral play kind of thing, right? Like you play this guy when there's nothing else going on. You want—you're gonna say to your opponent, like, yeah, go ahead, remove. You know, spend something on removing my lail because if uh-huh. you don't, eventually, you know, I'm gonna just be able to RFG characters from the game, which is nuts. So it's like. They uh-huh. they have this uh, this timer on him. It'll be interesting to see if it's worth doing. Uh, he he does seem and you know the that horrible scary word slow, uh-huh. but but we'll see, man. And he's FSDC. It's a good category to be. Yeah, it's true. If I play this because of what you just said, John, I'm going to, if I ever get to the re- remove three bear counters, I'll put my hand in my pocket and go, call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> but not for me. That's, yeah, go, that's, that's Lail. Call an ambulance, but not for me. He removes them from the game, dude. But uh, speaking of somebody who's going to be uh, calling the fucking cops, <laughs> we got, uh, we got a new VV. New fucking VV. My man, Veeves, big Veeves. He is a three CP six K. He is in a new element. He is in lightning for the first time. He's he's feeling he, himself, dude. Look at he him. He's back in purple, um, and he's category nine theat rhythm job black mage ex burst. When VV enters the field, choose one active forward. If its cost is equal to or less than the damage you have received, fucking break it. We have a Cecil to cover your active forwards now, boys. Reverse Cecil, baby. Woo. Mm-hmm. Vivi gonna fucking bop you one right on the head with his little cane there. Bop! Yeah, bop! Bop! Fucking wrap you one right on the Oak noggin. cane! Baby, get him with that. Bop! So he's gonna give you a wrap right on the old Jack Johnson. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, I mean, this, uh, yeah, he's good, man. That's a, that's a cool effect. And hey, they're just like, don't worry about splashing fire, man. If you want to just do the lightning thing, we got you. Here he is. I, I, I always like just... Uh, cards going into new elements and just doing completely different things so it's like oh i don't even have to think about which one i want to play like you know they do different stuff i, I like this vv a lot he's great dude vv does vv ever get a bad card he's one of those characters that just always gets yeah, good stuff honestly mm-hmm. i think all of his cards are they've ha- all seen play yeah they've all, all seen a lot yeah. of play even actually. the starter yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, he gets reprinted three times, dude. They love Vivi. They do. He's a he's a fun character, and I I I like this one a lot. I legitimately do. I think it's a solid solid card. Um, but we're gonna kind of take a departure from solid cards. We're getting into some new uh, <laughs> Warriors of Darkness. Uh, we've got a new glaive here. Um, he's Brave a four glaive. CP- that's your old Brave Glaive. <laughs> Brave, <laughs> all I can think of is Brave Mave from the boys. We got Brave Glaive. <laughs> he's basically Brave Mave. <laughs> he is. He is Bra- Brave Glaive. Gets it done. Um, so he's a 4 CP 8K job warrior of darkness category FFL. Uh, he has Brave, of course. Um, and he's kind of like a reverse Aegis, the old one. Uh, the category FFL forwards, you can, uh, other than Glaive, you control, gain 1,000 power in Brave. And at damage 3, Glaive gains 1,000 power. Uh, now, Travis, I know you love Brave, so what are your thoughts? I did well, and I love Warriors of Darkness. When I started playing the game heavily in Opus 8, uh, mm-hmm. Scion Warrior of Darkness combo was my favorite mm-hmm. combo. And, I mean, but they're never going to get better if they keep printing these name clashes. Like, I get that in that game there was only four of them, but, you know, I, he just clashes with the other Glaive, and I just think the other Glaive is better. It has an EX burst, it pulls out Diana, which lets you continue your search, and he gives everybody 2,000 power. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he gives them Brave, which I like, but beyond that, I don't know. I just I just can't see choosing this over the other glaive, especially when Noct already gets brave for having another Warrior of Darkness. So I don't really like this card. Name game glaive just doesn't do it for me. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. But next up, this this card's fun. This card's generated a little bit of buzz. Uh, John, it's another Category Eleven card. So go ahead and pronounce this name for me. <laughs> Eshantarl. Say what? Eshantarl. Eshantarl. Yeah. Okay. Sounds sounds great. Uh, she is a member of the. Armathron Society. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why so many big words, John? Why, why, why can't they just be normal? Why can't they be normal? Because but, um, they're another race, dude. They're the Zilar. Whatever, whatever. Um, she's a four CP eight K Ice Ford Category Eleven, which I mean is always relevant. Um, she has one ability and one ability only. Uh, for Dull, return Eshnatarl to its owner's hand. Play one Ford of cost seven or less, other than card name Eshnatarl, from your hand onto the field. You can use. You can only use this ability during your turn. We're just going to call her think? Emma. I think this card sounds crazy good. Like, uh, first of all, it's weird that she returns herself to her hand instead of breaking. That's like a water effect, and it means you don't. You can do it again. Then you can put her out again. Also, it's just during your turn. It's not main phase, so you can use her as like this combat trick. And just the thought of anything playing BFA or any big forward for free, like anytime a card plays something for free, right? Like that's why Rampier is so strong because playing Shantoto and Kane for free is nutty. Like, so uh, maybe this won't be as good as I'm thinking it is, but I'm very nervous seeing this card. This card sounds very strong. I, I think when I when I look at, like, maybe mono ice implications, you know, you hit the nail right on the head with the combat trick thing. Um, you could have these crazy turns where, you know, you're, you're in a, the combat phase, your opponent maybe dumps their hand to do something, you bounce her back to your hand and slam sit all stain into play and break something. Right. Or, you know... They may start drawing cards. You bounce her back and slam Sephiroth into play. You know, there's there's some neat things, and that's just mono ice. That's not even thinking outside the box. That's just keeping it, you know, bare bones and basic. Um, I think I think it's fun, John. What do you think? Um, I yeah, I think this is a really neat card. It has a really unique, cool effect. Um, Emma here is just going to be slamming in some some really top tier folks. Uh, seven or less is just going to mean seven or six in pretty much every situation. Um, yeah. Being able to like crack this to play the Fina, to play the BFA, to just like start some slot machine type effects is really really neat. 
and the fact that she kind of gives you back two CP off of that play by putting herself back in your hand, like you don't yeah. even have to really play her again. It's just cool that she can kind of like almost recycles refunds a bit for you. And she can even lead to more CP if you play like Fusoya off of her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you crack her, you play the Fusoya, you get two oh, more cards gross. into your hand, and then you just you know, play her back off the field. Yeah, um, it seems really, really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's the the one thing about the card is it's slow. It's a very mm-hmm. telegraph kind of thing. It gives your opponent a turn to deal with it. It's not in a color where it's easy to haste, and honestly, I don't think it's smart to try too hard to haste this. Because like those cards don't really synergize with anything else this card's doing. Like You're not... Right. No, no, no. We'll see. But I think this is a really, really cool card, and there are definitely this is one of those cards that gets certain players like really jazzed. Like, oh man, I'm just gonna build some some wild deck with this card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to see that. Those are, we're gonna see some of those decks. We're gonna see this card week one in the RV. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, going. In, it's going in a Verstale deck for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh, absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. Cool card. Uh, speaking of the next card here, we got another legendary here. This is the Wind Legend. It is a new Ash. Uh, she's in a new color. Uh, beautiful, beautiful artwork. Um, Ash, one of my favorite characters. 12, one of my favorite games. Uh, she's a 2CP Wind Forward. Uh, 5K, Category 12, Job Princess, which is always relevant. Um, if you control six or more characters, Ash gains 2,000 power, and Ash cannot be chosen by your opponent's abilities. At the end of your turn, at the end of each of your turns, if you have cast three or more cards this turn, draw a card. Um, again, we're back to this wind identity of casting a bunch of cards. Uh, I don't. I genuinely don't know how I feel about this card. I, it's a legend for a reason, but I don't know what that reason is yet. I assumed it was because she was the Opus Twelve, like image right yeah but uh, yeah yeah she's definitely the box and the sleeve and the pack art and it's Uh, beautiful art i love i love this uh 12 artwork i i kind of want the first thing to say like because yeah you're gonna have six more characters i just kind of want to be like three thousand power like the no abilities is good but like man all these other two drop dual element like two drop seven k's like i want this legend to punch just a little bit higher um, and you figure you'll get like getting that second trigger once doesn't seem insane. Getting it like two or three times makes the card seem really good. So I guess it depends on again how good all that stuff is. But she is cheap enough that you can play her early, and uh, and start to take advantage of that. She's not really like a high priority removal target, so you're more likely to get that in or be able to play other things alongside her that are. But uh, the job is irrelevant in the color. Her name is kind of irrelevant in the color. Uh, the searcher is in, in uh, wind. Or, yeah, the search, searcher's in light, 12 uh, generic, lightning. Yeah. yeah, only the sky pirate searchers are. So uh-huh. we'll see. Uh, but again, you know, she's a legend for a reason kind of thing. We'll see. We shall see. She's an exciting card. I just think that she's like, maybe like I would just tweak her up. I would turn that knob one level higher. Yeah. Absolutely. Any thoughts on uh, Ash Travis before we move on to another Pretty similar, monster? Yeah. I'm just I'm just not sold on her yet. I don't think she's necessarily bad, but I'm just I'd have to see her in action. Sure, that's fair. Um, speaking of a card, we'll probably never see in action. It's a three CP seven uh, K. It's a mimic. It's another monster category nine multi unit. Um, job mimic. Uh, when mimic enters the field, select one of two of the following actions. So this is the next one in this cycle of monsters. Uh, mimic also becomes a four with seven thousand power. Um, this effect does not end at the end of the turn. Or put mimic into the break zone. When you do so, uh, be a shitty Glacia. Choose yeah. a forward, <laughs> freeze it, and your opponent discards a card from their hand. 
Um, I'd rather just play Glacia. Yep. Nah. <laughs> My yeah. opinion on this card is nah. Yeah, next exactly. Card? Yep. Uh, we, we okay right. to go Can to the next skip? card? We all, uh, we all, yep. we all. Okay. I vote skip here. Indeed. Well, the next card I actually kind of like. It's a new Noct. He's a 5CP 9K Warrior of Darkness, category FFL. When a job Warrior of Darkness you control is chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities, choose one job Warrior of Darkness other than card named Noct in your break zone and add it to your hand. Um, and when Noct is put from the field into the break zone, you may pay one job Warrior of Darkness or play one job Warrior of Darkness from your hand onto the field. Um, I like this card. I think this card's really, really neat. Yeah, I, I will play this one. As opposed to the other one. Yes, yeah. I think this Noct is way better than the other one. It's more versatile. Um, it rewards you for playing your Albas, your Dianas. It's going to reward you for, um, you know, playing, um, you know, Glaive, the, o- the other Glaive. So, I mean, there's there's some things there. And the, anytime they do anything to these guys, you just get the cards back? Like Yeah, what? that's a really interesting effect. Yeah, that's like a... Man, that's going to be very nice. Yeah, I think the card's solid. Um, yep. Next up... Oh, sorry, Travis. You have another no, thought? No, he's I'm good. Sorry. He's good. All right. Next up, oh, Captain, my Captain. Uh, another shitty monster. This is the water one. <laughs> Three CP, seven K, category two, job warrior. When Captain enters the field, select one of the two following actions. Captain also becomes a Ford with seven thousand power. I love that. We got a card named Captain, and his job is warrior. We've got generals <laughs> with job Captain. We've got Captain's job warrior. Get this shit. But right. he's a monster. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I don't he, know Is he a warrior? Happened. Is he a monster? Is he a captain? <laughs> Or is he just a piece of trash, Chris? He's he has D. All the above. <laughs> um, so he's a, he becomes a forward with 7,000 power, or put Captain into the break zone. When you do so, choose a forward, return it to its owner's hand, and then draw a card and discard a card. They're like, maybe we'll just have them all do two kind of things instead of yeah. actually do one real thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody nodded in agreement. Yes, we need Pass. six more cards. Yes, good idea. Pass. Yep. Yeah, pretty man. much. I mean, can we get some cool monsters? I guess maybe that's too much to ask. We just have to play Unsaganashi and Goblin forever. Exactly. Um, next up, we got another two CP ice backup. It's a standard unit summoner, uh, multi unit, category fourteen. Uh, when you cast a summon, you may put summoner into the break zone. When you do so, choose one forward, dull and freeze it. Cards okay. I mean, I think there's some. It's a two CP backup for ice, which is never bad. Um, it 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 could be just a good kind of you know delay like. 1CP Zolera something, then break this and dull and freeze something else. Um, you know, could set you up to win the next turn, could keep you from dying. Um, card's fine. I don't think you're ever going to play more than one if you're finding room for this. Yeah. Ice has so many good 2CP backups. They as do. In, to, to me, the only part of this that even makes it appealing is the fact that you don't have to dull it, so you can tap this for CP and then just break it. Exactly. Any backup that can do that is very good. So if if, if it didn't have that, like if you had to dull this and break it, I would be awful. Yeah, it's just like a free extra layer of action. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, there's so many ice backups with effects that this is like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, speaking it's okay. Of, I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, we got the another monster in this cycle, but though I I genuinely think this may be the best of the bunch, mm-hmm. um, which isn't saying much. It's a new behemoth, and what sucks is when I first saw behemoth, I was like, oh, can we can this work with the old Azul? Nope, because that card says three or less yep. or something uh, like that. Yeah, and I was like, well, less. fuck that. I said immediately, fuck this card. Um, but it's a behemoth job, behemoth crystal hunt. It's a monster. When behemoth enters the field, select one or two of the following actions. Uh, becomes a forward with nine k power, or put behemoth into the break zone. When you do, choose a forward and break it. So it's a it's the budget Gilgamesh. Um, probably a fine limited card, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you're more likely to open it than Gilgamesh. 
Exactly. I, I think it's a good limited card because it's either removal or it's a big body. But uh, that's it. Yeah, until yep. I reread Gilgamesh just now, I, I actually thought this card was really cool and I love the Crystal Hunt art, but then rereading, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, or you could just play Gilgamesh for the same cost and get the same effects and better. So. Yeah, this is really yeah, exactly. neat art, but it's a, it's a shame. It's a waste. Yep, and then the next one is the Fire <laughs> Speaking version of, waste. of these. Yes, <laughs> indeed. It's a Ogre. It's a 4CP8K, uh, Category 9, which means it's searchable by Steiner. That might mean something. Um, when Ogre enters the field, it becomes a forward with 8k power, or put Ogre into the break zone. When you do so, choose a forward and deal at 8,000 damage. Cool. Well, since we're done with all that shit, let's talk about a good card. This is one that I was very, uh, very middling on when it first, uh, when it first came out, but now I think uh, the more I look at it, it's, it's fucking insane. It's mm-hmm. a new Yishtola. She's Wind Earth. She's dual element. She's a legend. Um, 3CP, 9k. She's a fucking 9k. Uh, Sign of the Seventh Dawn, Category 14. Haste. She has built-in haste, goddammit. And if Yastola is dealt damage less than her power, that damage becomes zero. She has built-in haste, and she has built-in Minwoo on herself. And Yastola cannot be blocked by a forward of cost four or more. Get the fuck out of here. She just shoulder checks every (laughs) fucking three drop, almost every other two drop, and just crosses the goal line. This, I think this card's really, really good. She's insane. It's crazy that she's like, Ali, say, take a seat. I've got this. I don't, I can just haste myself. Exactly. Hit the showers. She's been on her own, dude. She had to get strong. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I do love the Shadowbringer costume, but like three positive effects, haste, Minwoo effect, and can't be blocked. And also, if you think about it, where's the earth effect on here? Three wind effects, haste, Mm -hmm. the Aerith effect from wind, and can't be blocked is also a wind thing. Oh, the Earth effect is being a 3CP 9K. That's the Earth effect. The Earth effect is just being a beater. I don't even know. Because she's a chonk. I don't know, man. This card is uh, is an insanely good neutral play. Is uh, still a good proactive play because of the haste. And you can just build behind her. And yeah, I mean, uh, so this card is going to encourage the straight break effects because she's susceptible to all of those, and three drops are very susceptible to straight break effects. And so I think that um, we talk about the ebb and flow of whether damage or break is popular and how it kind of goes back and forth, and I talked about how we were heading back towards break, and I think that this is a a big thing in this set is going to be those cards like the Odin, like the Gilgamesh, that just no must, no fuss. Get that Ishtola out of here. Yep, but yeah, that, this card's gonna going to demand that kind to, of respect. Yeah, and going back to straight break effects just makes Category 7 much stronger. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that later as well. Yeah, there is a later. we we got a lot to talk about here, that's like all right, you said. That's all right, I know. So I think we can right. all agree is just a very strong, very powerful card. Yes. Um, and the thing is, I think that this is one thing. I'm just going to quote Gino here. Gino, you know, a friend of the cast that him and I mm-hmm. talk a lot um he was talking to somebody about this card and he said the thing is this card doesn't win a game by itself right like it, it like it is good but like it needs other stuff around it and it's like so so it's not like a problem it's not like broken it's just a very very strong piece that is pretty universal in anything that has green and yellow mm-hmm. but um Absolutely. yeah it, it's not it's we can deal with it but yeah wow what a good card instant include instant include mm-hmm. yep and next up, we got another throwaway bird here. Uh, it's the cutest little bird. It's a Chocobo, uh, 2CP backup Chocobo, standard unit, job crystal hunt. Uh, when Chocobo enters the field, the forwards uh, you control can form a party with any forward of any element this turn. Uh, dull, for a dull, the forwards you control can form a party with the forwards of any element this turn. 
Nah. I mean, uh, he doesn't do anything that the Chocobo deck wants to do, but yep. he's card named Chocobo. Makes him more interesting for Chocobos mm -hmm. than Chocolat. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Again, like if the party attack stuff ends up being relevant, this is maybe I don't know. Uh, it's cool because like you play him to get the second effect, but he also makes sure he does it on the way in. So I like that about the design of this card. But um, otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Very generic. Chocobo call. There you so, go. Again, as someone who plays a lot of Chocobo, I agree the effect is almost pointless. But I think this has potential because, like you said, it's card name Chocobo, so that's three more Chocobos you can hit off the fatty, mm -hmm. and it's a standard unit, which means it can be searched out by um, Sid Hayes, which my girlfriend runs in her Chocobo deck. Again, he can be pulled out by any of the fatties, the Chocobo Knight, the Chocobo that lets you search one. So, and his I multiplayable is... backup in Chocobo is actually kind of a gives Chocobos a way to have backups exactly so uh, <laughs> even though his effect is like you said eh, chocobo's already party out of their minds and just mono wind i don't think that'll be super relevant but just the fact that he's card named chocobo and he's cheap i think that might give him some potential I mean, chocobo's just start playing a, a light forward or something Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well next up we got another good backup here it's another category uh crystal chronicles it's a four cp fire backup it's my man blaze he's a cruising altitude uh, job Crystal Bearer, he's an EX burst. Uh, when uh, the EX burst is when Blaze enters the field, choose up to two uh, forwards and deal them 5,000 damage. Uh, for Dull, put Blaze into the break zone, choose a forward, deal it 7,000 damage. Um, card solid, it's FFCC, so it's searchable. You know, it, I, I think it's fine. I think it's absolutely fine. It's the evolution of the old VV backup. Yeah, I love that VV. Yeah, this guy is just good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the fact that he hits two forwards is really, really cool. We talked about him in, like, Samurais, stuff like that. Um, yeah, he he's... Uh, I, I think that is neat. Yeah, like you said, it's the evolution of VV. He also does something else after he's already gotten that effect when yeah. he's into the field. He has, just like you said, any backup that kind of has more action, something else to do when it's in the field is just good. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And then next up, there was a poster released. Um, we got a translation of what the cards do. So now these aren't official translations, so take them with a grain of salt, but uh, I think they're worth talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll start with Luna Freya. Um, she's a 2CP water forward uh, 5K. Um, so her uh, category 15, um, I, I don't know what her job is, honestly. Probably Oracle. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Oracle, um, I think. Uh, her text is Dolan active category 15 forward. Luna Freya gains 2,000 power until the end of the turn. Uh, her other ability is Dull 4 active category 15 forwards. Choose one forward and put it in the break zone. She's I like, boys, she's good. get him out of here. That's right. Key, key part, put it in the break zone. Don't yes. break it. Put it in the break zone. She's literally yep. like, boys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Remove that. <laughs> creature from my eyes remove him yeah. from the game <laughs> yeah, put him yeah in the i like i like her um there's some there's some carbuncle implications here um i i think she's a good card um i wish she wasn't water but i i, I think yeah. she's fine i don't i'd like to see her see play but i don't know where that's what that's going to look like i think she's fun oh. I will try her out for sure in the 15 package um, because in that deck, it, it'll be very easy to get the effect online. Plus, since so many of those characters have Brave, whether it's through Ignis or Cindy or whatever, and what's really interesting, it is not limited to your turn. You yep, can use that. You can correct. block with her or you can block <laughs> with someone and then turn them sideways and remove. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, I, but like you said, she's water. So I guess I'm going to have to play that lightning Moogle. Like, uh, or Tiro. I, hope, I hope she works out. Yeah, or Tiro. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see. 
She got yeah. PSI. She yeah. does. <laughs> she does have PSI. Uh, next up, we've Puck got another. Implications. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, next up, we've got another. Uh, we've got another uh, traditional fire card making his purple debut. We've got a backup Furion. Um, beautiful art. Uh, 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 backup, probably Job Warrior or Job Rebel. Sorry, Job Rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, his ability is dull. Choose a forward. Deal it four thousand damage. You can only use this ability while a party you control is attacking. Russian parties, but in the wrong color. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, well, I mean, I could see that, and uh, I mean, I could see that maybe in like ninjas or something. Hey, he does. There's... He's a uh, Noctis is enlightening now, and he's doing the party stuff. Yeah, that that's possible. That is very very possible. There could be something there. There it's could be not something like you're there, playing Furion and <laughs> lightning exactly. decks, or at all. Exactly. Well, speaking of ninjas that I mentioned, we got a new ninja backup. It's a two CP uh, fire ninja category special multi unit. Uh, when Ninja enters the field, choose one forward. It gets uh, choose one forward, and that forward gets when this forward attacks. Choose one forward, deal it five thousand damage until uh, until the end of the turn. That's probably a, a really messed up translation, but point is, it says choose a forward when it attacks, deal five thousand damage to another forward. So I'm sure that'll get cleaned up for the English release. What do you guys think of Ninja? He's a ninja. Goes with the ninjas. I like yeah, it. He's pretty he cool because he has like a like a fight effect, like a proactive uh, deal damage when you attack effect in ninjas, which you can then stack the shurikens on top of. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's gorgeous, yeah, he, he, gorgeous standard unit art. Yeah, he's like the lightning one that deals five to a damage forward, but yeah. again, on a on an attack entry. So yeah, he's yep. cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, next up, we've got a we've got a new Eduardo, or is it Eric? No, or is it Eduardo? <laughs> or is it Eric? <laughs> That's Eduardo, I believe. Yeah, this uh, this card's good. It's a four CP ice backup category FFL. Job is probably Bard, I would assume. Um, his his effect is straightforward. When Eduardo enters the field, dull all characters your opponent controls. <laughs> Dull them all, yeah. baby. Yeah, dull them all. Get them out of here. That's a that's a that's a win the game turn. Um, and also he has an S ability for S and five ice. Break all dull backups. Now it says break all dull backups, mm-hmm. which includes yours as well. Crazy. It's like Verboden Idolin from uh, the Katuna card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's break uh... all dull backups. So you're not using that S. Now, now again, this is an official translation. If it says break all dull backups your opponent controls, maybe that's something different. But it's right now it says break all dull backups. Yeah, Chris, I think that this card is uh, is really neat because it dulls all the characters. I think that second thing is just kind of like uh, extra because, like you said, most of the time when you play this, you're just you're just gonna win off that. Yep. Um, or you do something to freeze all their like this and the Ultimisha or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> what a universally powerful effect to put on a backup, huh? Absolutely. Just and, uh, all their up, stuff. Wow. Absolutely. It's neat. It's neat. It's a game. It's a game ender. Um, yeah. But speaking of ice cards that are neat, we've got a Necron. We finally have Necron. He's a 5 CP ice forward. Uh, Theat Rhythm, Category 9. Job Necron. That's a, that's a tough job. It's a tough gig. Just the way um, I remember him looking in Final Fantasy IX, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, his ability is, you can play two or more dark characters onto the field. When Necron enters the field, choose one character other than Necron you control. Its element becomes dark. Uh, this effect does not end at the end of the turn. Um, at the end of each of your turns, if you control three or more dark characters, Necron deals your opponent one point of damage. What a cool card! Yeah, for this sure. This is so neat. 
I have no idea what to think about this one. I can see a world where this is super busted and super annoying to play against, but I can also see a world where it's like, eh, eh, it's not that great. It's hard to get online. So I just don't know. It sounds neat, though. Like, John, it's cool to have another way to deal damage to someone. Uh, yeah, Chris Matiski made a really, really cool video about this. This was his spoiler from the uh, the Influencer Cup kind of thing. Uh, I highly recommend watching his video about this card. He highlights some of the really cool points about it, like how this card is... Uh, like basically the only way to passively deal damage to your opponent besides attacking because even the cards that uh -huh. dealt direct damage like luso required an attack so this yeah. is literally like you don't have to attack your opponent you could still win well you got comet yeah i mean comet too yeah that's true or spine shatter dive dero but yeah it was very limited but it's just really really neat uh it's like an alternate win condition kind of thing not quite, but you know it's an alternate way to deal those damage, and uh, the implications of just being able to change the element of characters and like have multiple dark characters—it's just really cool. It yeah, opens absolutely. Up some really neat avenues. Yeah, I agree. I think there'll be a, a neat card to see people, uh, you know, build around. So that's another card I expect to see week one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when people start digging for gold in the in the weekly. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely a a week one card for sure. Um, next up is a. One that had a little bit of buzz here. It's a new Shadow Lord. Um, it's an Earth Forward. It is a 2CP 9K. Mm -hmm. Job Kindred, Category 11. Um, when Shadow Lord enters the field, your opponent may play one backup of cost two or less from their hand onto the field. Um, and for Earth, until the end of the turn, Shadow Lord gains Brave and EX Burst uh, of cards put into the damage zone of Shadow due to Shadow Lord cannot be used. Um... I like this card a lot. Um, the fact that it's just, they get to play a backup of two or less, that's fine. What if they don't have one? What if they got a I bunch of three-drop backups? Yeah. Um, it's it, it plays well with the new Fenrir because you can bring it back into play. Um, GSI. It's got some GSI. Um, one of the things <laughs> I really like, though, I love its Earth its ability. Um, oh, it's got Golbez. It's got Golbez right Yeah, GSI. Golbez. Some implications. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One of the things I love its ability because it's not just it's like not like Wall in the sense where like Wall just like stopped ex bursts that targeted people. Yeah, this guy says the damn the ex burst that he puts in there, you just don't get to fucking use it. Oh, that's a it's a searcher and you don't get to use it. Yeah, oh, it's all a, those Tyro Gabranth. Uh uh. Yeah, don't matter. It's a it's a, a Moogle or a, a, a something that lets you draw cards. You don't get to fucking use it. I think that's good enough. And also, this is a card that can block the new Yishtola, which is also very, very important. I would be happy to be proved wrong about this, but again, this is one of those cards where it's like, well, we'll put this downside on him to balance him out, but like because it's a two-cost or less back, like I just don't think that's going to be that relevant of a downside. I think that's going to be pretty easy to work around. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I, I think it's fine. Um, I don't think you're you're playing like a full play set of this guy, but he's a 2CP Earth forward. Uh, again, you know, Golbez loves him immediately. Um, I think he'll have it home in earthless it's it's he's just too big of a body to to not consider yeah so then again uh, we talk about it uh it just highlights how much more powerful tuning your removal to straight break will be yeah. uh if you're trying to kill things with damage this you're not going to get through the shadow lord but you're going to kill him with like a three cp odin to draw a card or you know what i mean it's just like uh yeah. um like there are really efficient ways to kill two drops including the shadow lord <laughs> yep but it is crazy that, uh, yeah, th this is such a nuts body for uh, almost everything except for just straight playing it. But even straight playing it is pretty strong. 
He, he oh. almost starts to feel like the data Luma, where like, yeah, you just run three of this because who gives a shit about the drawback? Um, oh. now giving your opponent a two drop backup, if you do do that, that's not nothing. Yeah, that does feel. Uh, like uh that's crazy value over time. Uh, but again, there's a lot of ways to make sure it doesn't happen. Like you know, this guy we thought playing a seven k prish off of Golbez was pretty nutty because her auto didn't trigger. Well, now no, just kidding. Replace her with the Shadow Lord, who's a nine k <laughs> whose auto doesn't trigger. Um, and then he still gets that extra ability. So yeah, I think this is a really, really good card. No name clash, relevant category. We're going to see this card see play for sure. Exactly. Um, and next up, we've got another fantastic card. We have um, a, uh, a new Sarah, FFL. Um, she's a six cost backup, uh, category FFL, Job Warrior of Light. Um, she's she's a new Cindy, pretty much. She's the next card in the Cindy cycle. Um, so when Sarah <laughs> FFL enters the field, you may search for up to two, up to two category FFL forwards or job warrior of light forwards and add them to your hand. Uh, for dull, uh, put her in the uh, put Sarah into the break zone. Choose a forward and activate it. Card's good. I mean, it's it's it, it'll see just as much play as Cindy does in that archetype. Like it's a great searcher. Yeah, and like we said earlier, um, the Aegis kind of vomits another Warrior of Light onto the field. She helps you mm -hmm. just find the combo, and I do mm -hmm. love that they made this card 6 cost instead of 7 cost like the other backup was. I, it really did make a world of a difference. Trying to get that damn 7 cost backup into play was rough. Yeah, I was going to ask that if you thought... I was trying to do the math value-wise, like, what was better, this or the 7, because the 7 brings it right into play. But the more I think about it, I was like, eh, like you said, the 7 was just always such a pain to play. Like, I think this will ultimately be better. Man, I'm going to tap 2. I'm going to play this by discarding cards that aren't the Warrior of Lights I want in my hand, and then they will become the Warrior of Lights I want in my hand. Yeah, um, yep. and yeah, and you can grab any... Like you said, grab New Ages, grab uh, Refia. Like, shit, that's really cool. Yeah, this is about as expensive as a backup can be without it feeling like my turn. And uh, Shantoto, like, is an example of, like, that's your turn, man. Shantoto pass, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't really want to have a turn where I play a backup and then I just put one of my Warrior of Lights out there to just get gobbled up by the world without any friends. You know, you need them <laughs> to have a, a team. They need a squad. So I'd rather do this, get two in my hand, and then next turn have, like, ah, oh, boom. I put out two threats at once together. They're helping each other. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that better. I think this card's going to see play where the other one didn't really see as much. Cool. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we got three more left. Um, next one we're going to is a new Prish, um, which is always relevant. She's a Earth Wind uh, Prish. Uh, 2 CP 7K, as we find that most of these multi-elements are. Uh, category 11, uh, Job Abhorrent 1. Uh, when Prish enters the field, select one of two of the following actions. Choose a forward until the end of the turn. He gains 1,000 power and brave. Or choose a monster of cost 3 or less and break it. Yeah, she's just better at the ETB break a monster than any of the other monster removal ETB guys. Which, yeah. that list is Nash, Yazmat, and uh, Ranger. And she yep. has a similar cost requirement to Ranger, and it's just better in every way. Yep. Yep. And her name is Prish, which is relevant for, you know, again, for some of these, you'll see some of these ice, I'm um, sorry, these earth wind decks or these earth decks that, you know, they uh, play at least one of each uh, Prish. Mm -hmm. So there you go. One day they will I, release a backup that says you can have multiple copies of Prish in play, and then they'll just be a Prish deck. There you go. Now these last two cards uh, were spoiled today, and we'll go ahead and uh, you know we might as well talk about them in tandem. Them together. Really, yeah, that's right. And it's a new Alize and Alphanod. So we'll start with Alize because she was spoiled first. Um, 
Category 14, fire, uh, job scion of the seventh dawn, 3 CP 7K. Uh, when Alize enters the field, select one of the two following actions. Play one card named Alphanod from your hand onto the field, or search for a card named Alphanod and add it to your hand. Well, they gave us an Alphanod, also a 3 CP 7K, same job, same category. Um, when Alphanod enters the field, due to your summons or abilities, you may search for one character and add it to your hand. What a neat little pair. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, so the immediate winners here, obviously Luis Swah just becomes that much better because now he's got six cards he can search. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that Alphanod just, like, we, I, I've been talking about this card today. I like seeing him on a board next to a Lua. Um, the fact that you can just do the Alphanod Alize thing, just go get a Shoal. And then you just come in with the team. Or you play this guy off a of Gaius, um, then go search for a character. Um, there's so many neat things you can do. Um, and then, Or just you know, right off of Alize, because I think Alize is a good card too. And it does bring relevance to, you know, to a card like Lease. Um, maybe you're going to see a, a new angle uh, with Scions here. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he is uh, he's a combo piece to anything that cheats the stuff in, we're starting to see so many of those cards in this set um and the fact that again extremely tutorable and plays with some nice existing synergies very well and the new alize works very well with him and herself is a three drop and we were talking earlier about how three drops uh they work with a lot of things like the big phoenix or you know uh the new like well i know the new warrior of lights for warrior of lights but still like there's a lot of things that you know like they they kind of cascade downwards as it was um yeah. and i think it's really cool to see that like the twins are going to hit the field together at the same time and just provide yeah. a lot of value. The fact that he searches for any character gets you either the next backup, the S ability, it's literally whatever you need, basically. Right. Uh, monster forward, backup. Easy peasy. It's, al it's also interesting that he is not tied to Alice's effect. So as long yeah. as he's coming in, whatever means, through Phoenix, whatever it is, he'll still get that trigger. So obviously mm -hmm. Alice's the, the most obvious combo, but yeah, if you have a Phoenix or anything else to bring him in, then he can still get his effect off. Very cool. It's true. Yep, and that's so we've rattled off all the spoilers. Now we can now we can finally get into our main topic. Now so, the you know, show we, can begin. That's all right. That's right I know. That's hey, right. you know what? Honestly though, those cards are very exciting and a lot of them yeah. I think we're gonna end up talking about some of the cards that we talked about during yeah, the spoilers and, in this main and, topic. And, and I think that I think that's important. Um because Opus twelve is very, very exciting and it's a little I mean, obviously it was delayed. Um we got we spent I don't wanna say we got stuck with Opus eleven. Because Opus 11 was a good place to be hung up on for a little bit. Um, obviously, there was delays due to COVID. Um, now, Opus 11, you know, we kind of call it the meta that never really was. Because there were no live events, really. Um, everything was done online. And the, the immediate power cards just came right to the forefront. And, you know, and you know, everybody kind of calls them the big three. We're talking Ritz. Um, we, you know, we put Marsh Ritz together really as one card, um, BFA and Kadaj. Um, though Kadaj put an asterisk next to him because he was an Opus 10.5. We, we saw the power of Kadaj before a single Opus 11 card ever hit the yeah. street. But, um, so I think, but what, what's happening was, and Travis, I know, you know, this is one of the reasons, you know, you wanted to be on and we wanted to have you on, um. One of the things that me and John have talked about, and we talked about it a little bit last week, what started to happen was because there were no live events, there was really nothing to work towards. 
there really wasn't much digging for gold. There was no reason to play much beyond these obviously pushed cards. Um, and then you get a guy like Chris Matiski, who's you know probably one of the best brains in the game, put together this just insane list that just can kind of do whatever the hell it wants to. And it's not because and, and those cards are obviously the the anchors, but it's because of other card choices like Porum and Suzuhisa that really put this cohesive just engine together. Um Gabranth Kuseth. Like it's just that the the sheer number of EX like Yeah, uh, EX yeah. first city. Yeah, it, it ends up being that whole package is so consistent together. Right. But what happened was it maybe people felt that it got stale because I mean really you just kinda saw a lot of the same thing. And at that kind of midpoint. Usually it was kind of where the, the where the opus would normally be winding down. It was really all you saw. And even at the last Japanese tournament, the Opus 11 Farewell Tournament, that deck won the whole thing. So it's definitely a, it's a, a boogeyman, as it were. Because like, people, people have been cl- complaining about BFA, this whole, you know, this whole Opus. Um, Kadaj, since, since, since people got to play that card in 10.5, it's been a card that everybody's just been kind of like, hey, this card might do a little too much. Um, because I, I think Kadaj is the uh, Kadaj may be the best card in the game. Truth be told, when you really get down to brass tacks, um, and then of course Marsh Ritz. Um, Marsh not so much on his own, but Ritz really Ritz Ritz gives him that extra oomph because you're not playing you're not playing one without the other. Um, but they're so easy to get and get online because of some of the new cards like uh, what not Beastmaster or what uh, uh, Lilty Lilty. Yeah, Lilty. Lilty. Because of Lilty and um, EX Burst Mont Blanc, like there's some great cards that really put all this stuff together. Um, so I guess really what I'm getting at with all this, do we think that had we actually had a full season, that we would have seen these cards dominate to the bitter end, or do you think there would have been some more counterplay and? By counterplay, and Travis, this is where I kind of want to segue. I know I'm taking the long way around to get. Oh, here, you're good. But I know you've said, you know, and you've told us, you've told people that you know you're you're constantly trying to dig and find something that can beat these cards. But you'll build something and just get slapped around by BFA, and you're just like, man, fuck this. Why? Am I? But I guess the question is, you don't see a whole lot of people really investing into counterplay because what's really the reason? Um, I guess what I'm asking is, what are your guys' thoughts on how this meta? You know this meta that never really got to see the light of day. How the way it ended up now versus what it could have been. Let's talk about that. John, do you want to start, or do you want me to start uh, monologuing? <laughs> That's all right. So I think we'll let you, as the guest, this is what you wanted to talk about. This is what you're here to talk about. Uh, we'll let you start monologuing because I think a lot of what I end up saying is gonna is gonna kind of be counterpoint, and also yeah. I I do talk. Uh, a bit about this on here so so go ahead please uh let us know what you think about opus 11 so we'll get the the elephant in the room out of the way is that you know because of covid because of all the tournaments getting canceled we'll never truly know because we didn't have that you know official tournament season like we could have done so sure perhaps something would have been different had that happened again we'll never know so i'll just go based off what i do know Uh which is that again since i've been unemployed for the last several months i have been playing this game a lot i've playing been playing in the rva week um rva returners tournament pretty much every week i played in the soldier series eight i played in world of ruin 
pretty much anything John put out there, I was playing in. And I was playing with my buddies a lot. We still all wanted to play a lot. So it's not just that weekly testing. I mean, I have been testing nonstop. Here is every... Here's a here's a, just a list of decks that I've tried against the, the the combo: mono ice, mono water, mono lightning, mono earth monks, water earth monsters, fire ice, Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy XV, Earth Lightning, Scions, Chocobos, aka Burbs, Wind Water, YRP, Ice Earth Taxes, Ninjas, Water Fire Zombie, Gilgamesh, Warriors of Light. World of Final Fantasy, Water Party deck, Barrett Ungermax deck, Famfrit Veritas Spam, Fire Control Efrit deck, Sky Pirates, Magic Pot Veritas Shenanigans, Mono Ice with a heavy emphasis on discard. I've tried it all. I cannot find something that is consistent against this deck because I don't think there is anything that is. Now, it's not unbeatable, of course. I've beaten it several times. You know, I beat Rampair plenty of times, but that doesn't change the fact that Rampair is very strong. So, of course, this deck isn't unbeatable. Of course, these cards aren't unbeatable. And I, I've designed a lot of these decks with an emphasis on trying to stop these cards. And one thing I've been thinking about is that one of the issues is that every card requires a different a different counter. So, like, Mist Dragon is great against the March Ritz combo. But it doesn't mean anything to Braska's because Braska's literally goes through Miss Dragon's protection. It doesn't mean anything to Kadaj. Um, I know you mention Vane a lot, uh, Chris, on the podcast, and I love Vane. And I've I've tried so much mono ice because ice feels so weak right now against these. Vane is great to put down Braska's, but Ritz doesn't care about him. She goes right under him. Kadaj could care less about it. Kadaj is literally a card that freezing is meaningless. You you can't freeze that card. I mean, you can, but it won't do anything. He's just going to bounce out of there. Um, again, I've tried, okay, well, I'll do, I'll do Famfrit, which again, maybe addresses Braska's, but he's never on the field alone because they can crap out so many forwards with the March Ritz combo. I'm, I'm trying everything, and... You know, I, I'm a very vocal person. I have no problem just expressing my opinion or expressing, you know, I'm the type of player. Yeah, that card's stupid. Like, I have no problem saying that. But I, I genuinely, I want to know how to beat it. And it, John said this once, too, is that it's a deck that's very forgiving. You can make a lot of mistakes and still come out ahead. Um, whereas these other decks, it feels like I'm working three times as hard for half the effect and i'm just wondering like why like uh, two weeks ago i played uh, a mono water deck that had like ash in it and rosa and cecil and it was all these cool cards and i'm playing against brian and he's just playing solitaire over there gabranthine and deliltine and i'm just like what am i doing like this isn't even enjoyable and like i was happy to participate in the soldier series because again i'm unemployed i've got nothing better to do but my whole group so many of them have stopped playing. One, because they just don't prefer to play online. They want to play in person, which uh -huh. is fine. I understand Understandable, that. Understandable, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully they'll come back once everything returns. But two, many of them, like, I tried to sell that Soldier Series to the group, and I got one guy to join. And everyone was like, I don't want to play against Martritz every time. Like, that's not fun. That's boring. Like, I don't want to fight that over and over and over again. Again, when there is no clear, really consistent counter to it there it's just it's so strong i'll never forget this at the was it the soldier series or where there was another one. Oh, it was the win a box that was the other tournament you guys did the saturday win a box and i played ice earth taxes which is a really fun deck you know it uses like flandits and the remnant package and scale toad and it uses sid randall and remedy and it's you know to tax your board and it has uh the opus nine vein in there and i have tama so i can tama in it, them in on their turn it's a really fun deck i really enjoy piloting that deck um 
and that's another thing I'll say too. My goal is I don't want to just play what the meta stuff is. I want to find counters to it. I want to find things that aren't meta. Like, you know, maybe you call those jank decks, but I like the jank. I, I think that's fun. Like, I don't want to just have to play one deck over and over and over again. So I played Ice Earth Taxes and it was against the Matiski, March Ritz, you know, whatever version. And I was just baffled by this turn. So they had March Ritz and a Terra on board. They had three forwards and I Shantoto their field, passed to them. They had three backups and three cards in hand. Three backups and three cards in hand. And at the end of that turn, they had March, Ritz, Gabranth out, had dealt me a point of damage and had gotten a fourth backup out. And it's just, I was just like, I just shantotoed your board i just cleared your board and you reloaded with the same amount of forwards with an extra back and you only had three cards in it like how is that possible because this ritz card says i give you three extra cp every turn and i can attack instantly and you can't even put a big body in front of me because i become unblockable if you dare hit me if i dare and that's the other really frustrating thing about this deck and you know props to matiski he was so smart making it with so many ex bursts it almost feels like bad to attack them. You attack them, they get a burst, and Lord knows as soon as they get to three, Ritz becomes unblockable. So it is this very deflating feeling of like, so what do I do? I can't, I can't not attack because I'll never win. But when I attack them, it's like I'm just making them stronger. It's like, ha, 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 you fool. You thought your attack would get me, but now I am stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's just, again, it's this really deflating feeling of like, man what do i do i i mean i i one of my proudest weeks was i did warriors of light and i had that warrior of light out the light cp the light um four cp one where he makes all warriors of light take 2000 reduced damage and it was against muhammad and he crapped out three Braskas in a row because Braska says oh i don't care about your damage reduction i just kill you anyway and yeah, shit, he, I, that's what i would play against you too yeah, he did it to Warrior of Light, and I Beliased him. I Beliased Warrior of Light to make him 11k first strike, killed it. He did it again. He had Braska's kill uh, uh, Lunith or someone else's out, and I Beliased again to kill it, and he put out a third one, and I just ran out of tricks at that point, and it just took over the game. I and mean, so, the man spent 21 CP on I making know. you run out of tricks, though. But it but it worked. He still then well, won yeah, the game. Yeah, <laughs> I so, would like, hope so. so. So again, but that that was so deflating, and I I was complaining to my group afterwards. I was like, "What do I do? Like, I I am I'm saving the right summons for the right time. That's assuming you draw them. Like, I I am playing everything you're supposed to do to counter these cards, and they just do these things, and it just works for them. And again, yeah, I've beaten it sometimes. Nothing is unbeatable, but overall. It's very frustrating to play against. And Matiski said this too. Um, I think it was, was it Sam Prime? Someone asked on the Facebook page, like, hey, do you, you know, about digging for gold? Is it just that people don't want to experiment? And I agree with Chris. He was like, it's it's not a lack of experimentation. It's that these cards are so strong. There's just so little to deal with them. And again, each one needs a specific thing to deal with it. And I mean, God, I could go on all day about Kadaj, like having a inherently having an entry effect that you can do over and over and over and over again. I mean, that's why people like cards like Mione, right? And Legend Renoa, mm -hmm. because you get to trigger those entry effects multiple times. So to have a card that he can do that ad nauseum, there's no cost to that. He doesn't have to pay a CP to bounce himself. And then because of the way he works, like imagine if he came in on your main phase, if he did that one, you could respond to the stack Two, 
it meant he couldn't attack that turn. You you actually would have to make the choice as a player, okay, do I want to bounce him? I'll get the entry effect, but that means I won't attack. And I think that's what's bothered me so much about these cards and what's excited me about these Opus 12 cards is so many of these Opus 12 cards, like Regis, who I know Chris Adams loves, I love Regis because you have to think before you play that card. You have to lose two forwards to make it worth it for him to come in in the main phase two. You can't just, Drew Regis, slam it down, now I win. Like, and I think that was the frustrating thing too, is that these cards felt so brainless that, yeah, you just throw it out there and then, then it takes over the game. And, and a lot of people had this issue with Veritas too, when he came out, these cards are everywhere. You can jam them into any deck, which is crazy because of those things like Lilty that says, oh no, no, I'll just find you that one win card. So, so you never get a reprieve from it either. Cause it's not like, oh, it's, it's wind water YRP, which is strong as that is, you know, you have to play pain with Yuna and Riku. No, no, you can jam Martrich Kadaj or, you know, BFA into anything. And so it's everywhere. It's, oh, I'm facing this type of deck. Oh, never mind. It's got BFA Martrich in it. So that's my starting rant. Thank you for letting me say that, John. Feel free to, you know, have at it. But my, my point is, <laughs> I don't think it's a lack of looking for gold. I think it's just a matter of like, it is hard to find something that can truly stand up to this deck and, and make maybe give you a 50-50 playing field. Because again, like, oh, I took out of 10 games, I took two off of that deck. Okay, well, then that deck's crazy strong. Like, yeah, it's not unbeatable, but no one's not playing because it's not unbeatable. They're not playing because it's just a pain in the ass. Go ahead, John. Uh -huh. All right, so I, I was just going to ask, just curious, and I don't know what your card game history is, but uh, what is the most like dominant deck in any card game that you've ever played like competitively while you've been playing? Um, I'm trying to think what was the big Yu-Gi-Oh thing back when I played Yu-Gi-Oh. It's been so long. I don't know I don't much about Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I know that happens. I know that Magic ends up oftentimes being like a two-deck format kind of thing. Uh, Pokemon, the most dominant thing I can remember ever was like there was a season when there was this one deck that won all year long at every single level of event like so it was like locals it dominated then cities it won all of them then regionals it won all of them then nationals it won that and then it won worlds no one was surprised and like 80 percent of the meta was this deck mm -hmm. uh and and the thing was like that to me i always jokingly called that like the chess meta because it feels like we both had the exact same 50 cards and now i'm playing like oh instead of playing pokemon i'm playing chess with you <laughs> and it's like you know i'm gonna move my pawn you're gonna move your pawn and now there's yeah. this is an entirely there's a game within this game right which is how i play this specific mirror match against you um but to me like i guess that uh since then anytime i see any game where like the diversity that this game has which is insane i never feel like anything is that much of a problem unless it's literally 60 plus percent of like winning everything i've seen and like as much as as strong as these cards are i honestly almost expect them to win more of these events or to like to not be the guy who goes undefeated in Swiss and stuff like that. And again, they are good and I will never not say these aren't tier one cards or, or maybe some of the best cards. But the thing is, um, I will say that I think that like, like, yeah, BFA is a really powerful card and he punishes a lot of the existing ways that people like to interact with cards. And, but like, Oh, the, if you play some of these straight break effects, like we're seeing more of them come out and that's important too. Like there's more new tools that kind of go even with this guy going even with a like a seven cost card that they had to play is usually really good for the person who's you know who's answering that card. The difference between BFA and cards like Fail Thanos 
is BFA is played after the martial arts attack, right? So it's like, oh, I'm getting the right. refund and I'm able to do this guy. So it's yeah. like, okay, then the Marsh Ritz stuff is kind of a problem. And the Marsh Ritz stuff, and I, I, the thing that I will say is the most frustrating thing about it, I have no problem with like two cards being a really powerful combo together, but there aren't many things that cheat things out as fast as Marsh and Ritz as consistently. And I think that, man, in these spoilers, do we see a shitload of things that are just cheating like, 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 kind of going that fast. I think that's even how I described one of the cards earlier. As I said, we're we're speeding up a lot of these older combos. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, yeah, like a lot of the the reset buttons, a lot of the answers we're used to are like, okay, well, when people just are throwing too many forwards at me, like Shantoto has always been my answer. And we talked about this a couple of times with the cast here. Is like Shantoto in this opus, even against like Mono Lightning. I'm going to talk about some games Chris and I played last night in a second. But like these decks can just play four forward, five forwards. All of a sudden, they had one yeah. guy on the board, and you're like, "I Shantoto you." And then the next turn, they play four forwards. Dude, Shantoto used to buy me some time. I talked earlier about how seven CP backups are your turn. Shantoto wasn't like, "Oh, Shantoto," and then some blockers. Right. It's just Shantoto, and Shantoto is very slow and always has been. But normally, it slowed the game down enough. Whereas Shantoto now is slow, but doesn't really slow down your opponent as much as it did. And I think that a lot of our old answers aren't enough. Like, they're just not. And I think the answers look different than maybe we expect them to look. And again, I do think that these cards are hard to deal with. But at the same time, uh, you know, you see Andy plays this Mono Lightning deck. People wouldn't have given this deck the time of day until he, like, performs the way he performs with it. Right? And I'm I'm certainly not hardcore testing Mono Lightning over here. Um you know, I, I had no opinion of it one way or the other, but I've heard people tell me that Monolighting like wasn't very good right now because it couldn't access any of those things, any of those like specific cards. And uh, this man walks in and, and yeah, Bahamut Zero ends up being a card that kind of, like you said, it's hard to find something that deals with all the things. Bahamut Zero, albeit temporarily, deals with all the things, deals with all the things right? So it's like yeah. there are these things out there and they're weird. And it's like, I, I don't want to see somebody who's like, I looked for all the answers because I played a bunch of different decks I like and tried to work some answers into them. I want to see the person who's like, okay, man, so I've been playing Ultima and removing all of their forwards from the board. <laughs> and and I have monster, it's a monster deck with Ultimas and Zodiacs. And it's like, oh man, these cards are bad kind of thing. Like, yeah, but like, man, I haven't seen anyone go that deep. Like, I really haven't watched somebody who's got three Diabolos, three Alexanders, three 2CP White Mage backups, and they're just like, I'm going to kill every single goddamn BFA that hits the table. Like, my life depends on it. You know, I, I don't see, like, the commitment, and I, I don't think that that is necessarily fun for a lot of people, so I don't blame people for that. This is, like, what I was saying to you is that the deck's forgiving. It's like, if I point you to a deck, and especially because we're all playing online, we have every card. I point right. you to this deck, and you're like, wow, this deck is that good. It feels good to play. There's nothing about playing Marsh of Ritz that doesn't feel fun. Attack oh, with Ritz, sure. activate your shit, play more stuff, search, oh, they hit me, bring Oh, hell yeah, you know, like, this feels, it feels good. So people are incentivized more to play it than they are to not play it. And, like, finding that stuff or doing that stuff, that's work. Like, yeah, you have a notebook yeah. full of decks. Yeah, you have to, man. I've got notebooks full of notes about decks where it's like, you know, like when you try to make the weird rogue shit happen, when you try to qualify for nationals with ultros, it's a lot of disappointment. <laughs> it's a lot of disappointment before you kill all the stupid Yuri Chalinka decks with your ultros instead. 
Um, you know, it's like, yeah, trust me, man. I get the, uh, like, I'm the canoe paddling upstream and this gets frustrating fast, but someone's got to do the honest work type thing. Um, and I'll tell you that, like, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I don't have this deck literally sleeved in my hand right now. Like the 50 cards that everybody hates to see, right? And mm -hmm. it's so I can slam it against Chris when he's testing his mono lightning deck, right? And it's, yeah. and, and man, did I get hosed a couple times last night, man? And it's about testing it against, you know, like making sure I have it to play against. And yeah, maybe I'll play it sometimes because I really enjoy playing it, but I don't think it's the only option. And while I think it's a really good option and it's hard to sell people on other options. I don't think, uh, A, a lot of people really care to be sold on the other options. They're just going to wait for new, more exciting options. The same thing happens all the time. Where are, like, Waff, we see Kyle Pierce play Waff and he doesn't drop a game when he plays it. Right? Like, people just don't play it because they're tired of it because people played it so much. People play Rampair into the ground. Rampair got better. Yeah. Like, Rampair's people just good. don't play it. People should be playing three color rampart with Bear Steel, and now they got Cleus and all this stuff. And people just, you know, it, it doesn't because they got bored of it, dude. And next set, Marshrits and BFA will be around, but people are so flipping ready to do something else. We're gonna see so much of something else, and I think that like it's so hard to encourage everybody at once to go do something else, and that's what a new set forces people to do. But I honestly think that if somehow I could hit a button, if somehow there was like a 10.5 or sorry, 11.5 and we could convince people to like do something else, like maybe we would have seen this mono lightning deck a little earlier. And now maybe people, we see people net decking or, or playing the mono lightning decks. And when we played in the influencer cup and Alex Hancock's was locked out of uh wind uh, or sorry, locked out of like Marsh Ritz combo, he played his own mono lightning deck, which is like a slightly different version. And like, man, like, like he thought that was good enough too. Evan Tangai, He's one of the best players. He qualifies with Lightning X all the time. And it's just like, yeah, these people, uh, they test these pet decks a lot more than I've ever played Mono Lightning in my life, some of them. But, like, there's something there. And the fact is, like, when everybody... I just think that when it becomes an echo chamber, when everybody keeps saying the same stuff, and it's not that those aren't good, but if we just keep saying, like, oh, they're too good, it's annoying, and, like, everything sucks kind of thing, it's like... Well, there are people who are not going to put in any of the work who are just going to keep echoing that. And I think that I just always like looking at it better. Like, no, man, there's like, there's still work here to be done. It's work to do. And people don't like doing work, but I don't mind doing it. And, and I, I'm doing it. I'm here. I've, I've got, my work is all around me. I'll be doing it as soon as we get off of this, this <laughs> and, cast. And I, and I can actually chime in and say, uh, playing Mono Lightning is actually some of the most fun I've had in this game in a long time. Dude, Chris was, uh, I'm telling you, I had the games where I hit five friggin' bursts, and he still just kills me. And it's frustrating, because I don't know where it comes from. When you just play six <laughs> forwards well, no. all at once. Well, and it was also, like, there were a lot of games, and Mono Lightning can do this thanks to some of these powerful Opus 11 cards, like Glauca and the Kingsglaive stuff. Off of two backups, like, I, there was many turns where, like, I've, I only have two backups, and it's like, well, I think I can just win this turn. And I would have, like, Rufus and two backups... By the end of that turn, by the time I get to the combat phase, I've got six forwards on the board, and they've all got haste. Like, three of them are swinging at me. And, like, and, like and, and ends killed, up being so good. Well, and I've killed two things in the process before we even got to combat because of Nyx, or I've moved something out of the way with Crow, or 
you know, or I've played Kuja, got a burst, uh, you know, something, you know what I mean? Like, there's well, that all... is the other thing is, is right now, Marshritz BFA is a deck that is packed with, and oh my god, guys, say it, it's the Pee Wee Herman word of the day, inevitability, right? Like, <laughs> you put a BFA on the board, and it will win the game if you don't do something about it. It, it just will. It's going to happen. You put Rich on the board, she's going to win the game if you don't do something about it. It will happen every right. time, right? These cards are, uh, they demand the check, but uh, they're also, like, that's why they're going to be every slow deck. And aggro isn't something that people are like usually very hype on in Final Fantasy. I don't know why. Just like, I guess Turbo put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But I mean, I'm talking blind, blind ass seat of your pants aggro. Like haste that Zidane on turn one kind of aggro. Um, and honestly, that kind of stuff, which is also in like that that water deck, the um, Matiski party attack style water deck. Uh, a lot of times, man, I can just get under those decks so fast that by the time they play a BFA, I've got like 10 dudes on the board, so I'm just going to bounce the BFA. I'm going to lose a dude. Maybe I'll lose two dudes. Right. But, like, but like the aggro is uh, a viable counter strategy to that, and aggro is not a, a archetype I see much at all either. And it's like, oh, well, you laugh about the chocobos, but like, yeah, man, they're going to get under those. Marshall's BFA Kanaz aren't going to do shit about you know them taking four damage on turn two. Right. kind of stuff so it's like i just think those aren't popular and and they're not necessarily as fun i understand that i understand the frustration i absolutely agree marshritz and bfa are extremely powerful and there's no argument that they are tier like you know tier s um and i do think that you know i think that when things are that pushed and they come out all together i can understand how it's frustrating i think that like tiro and stuff like that should have maybe just not come out at the same time also um, yeah, he's a pain in the butt, and he makes it so consistent. The thing is, Tiro is so cool for everything else, though. Like, Tiro makes a lot of jankity ideas really cool, and so do those three-cost backups. Like, they actually help tie together a lot of weirder ideas. Um, But it, it's like, yeah, those things coming out together, like, you, we get the Kadaj, and the Tiro comes out, and the first thing people use Tiro for most of the time is like, oh, I'll just go search for, for Kadaj faster. Um. You know, the nice thing about Kadaj, at least everybody can play it. At least it's a starter card that you can go out and get three of. Right? It goes in every deck kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I would like to see maybe with the two light cards coming at the same time in the next starter deck, uh, you know, the light cards maybe get a little bit of... To give me a reason to play something else kind of thing. Even if it's just equally powerful in another direction. Just give me a reason to, to like, choose between Kadaj and something. And there are a couple, you know, like the light clouds sometimes... Sometimes Dark Sephiroth. Um, but yeah, like, like I just want a choice between more powerful things, I guess. I think that would make people... Uh, it, it, like, just a few more obvious things. A few more pushed things would make people happier. Uh, but I think there's a lot to play with. I hope that in Opus 12, people just let themselves experiment more. And are a little bit more... Uh, just like they feel free, like the shackles are off, like they're allowed to build something else. You know well, what I mean? And, and, and John, I'm glad you said it like that because let's be honest. Without, and I, and I get it. Some competitive players they want to play the best thing because it's in their competitive nature. If I keep I telling you win. this is the best thing too, also you're just right. going to play the best. Right. Yeah. But when there's really no competitive circuit to play for, why not experiment? Why why lock yourself into you know, a deck that everybody knows is good. If you don't have fun playing it, go ahead and try something else. And here's the thing. Even if you lose to those Marsh Ritz decks, what have you lost? It, it has not hurt your status. It has not hurt your... It has not hurt anything from a competitive standpoint because 
other no than maybe standpoint. like that's what i'm saying there's no competitive <laughs> standpoint even if you're playing in like an online win a box okay yeah maybe you you know it was a free tournament maybe you missed out on top eight maybe you missed out on a pack of sleeves or something and that yeah. sucks right but like at the same time what you should be doing in these events when you're having when you're when you want to try something else against you know uh bdif best deck in format take those matches against these competitive players playing that and just get every bit of data that you can out of it and don't and don't get frustrated if you lose take that match and learn what you could have maybe done different um because I, I get what you're saying and i get whatever i understand what everybody's saying that you know the marsh red stuff it's it's consistent and it has a really high win rate it's it's good there the deck is good for sure There's no two ways to it yeah, it's very again good. You can, you can make some mistakes. Sometimes the deck can play itself. But the difference between some rando playing the deck and like Kurosawa playing the deck or Matiski playing the deck, you're, you're not playing the same deck. That's what I'm saying. You're not playing the same 50 cards. You Okay, you're playing the same 50 cards, but the way those 50 cards are presented <laughs> to you are very, very different. And they're going to be a lot more efficient. So I genuinely think we haven't seen the best iteration of that deck yet, truth be told. I, I like that optimism, but I think that's actually one of the reasons I don't like Ritz and like Kadaj so much. I, I don't think there's any thought to those cards. You slam out Ritz with March, and she goes in, and if you're at damage three, she can't be stopped, and she gives well, you value back. Like, but not necessarily. There, there is a little bit of... I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead and finish your no, thought. No, no, no. Well, no, yeah, just that, you know, she... Again, that's kind of, same with Kadaj. You could slam down Kadaj turn one, and it won't feel bad because he'll be protected on their turn. And now they have, uh, as you like, as Thanos would say, I am inevitable. You like that word, inevitability. That Kadaj is every turn going to be doing something to you that okay. they, they, they all just put you on this clock. And again, that's for me... And I know at least some of the people in my group feel this way. Like it, there is a way to make it fun to lose. I'm super competitive. I want to win. I love to win, but I love a great back and forth match. Oh, I did this. I almost got, Oh, but he did this. And he almost got like, those are the most enjoyable matches. And, and I don't mind losing those matches. Cause Oh man. Okay. Damn. I lost, but it was a great fight. And you know, I feel good. I feel like I went down swinging and this deck. One of the things I don't like about it is that again, playing against you know people the other night i just felt like i'm watching them play solitaire and while i wasn't around during the turbo ice meta i imagine that's what a lot of people felt like too during that is that i'm not even playing i'm just like sitting at this table watching this guy put cards out and i'm just throwing my hand away constantly um so you know it, it can be fun to lose but i think that's a key part is that if people aren't having fun even when they're losing because this deck just blows them up and no matter what they do they're just instantly countered they never get a forward out and that's another thing too about this deck is even when it loses i have maybe one time seen that deck get blown out and it was basically because of a bad draw even when that deck loses like i know you guys like to hype up andy from the soldier series and you know hey i was his first victim i i lost to him in the first match but I remember watching that match against him and Colin, Colin using his version of the, you know, he barely beat him. He barely beat me. I almost beat him. So I'm not saying obviously it's possible, but it's not like you're stomping this deck into the ground. When you beat it, it's usually by a squeaker. It's usually you squeaked it out. Um, so yeah, well, I that's think if anything, too. stomp the deck into the ground, people would just play that instead. And then that would be well, sure, like, yeah. an overcorrection. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think necessarily like, 
that's something people can find. But I think going like, you know, even with the deck is very possible. Well, and that's the other thing too, right? Like, you you got to look at damage. You, just because you don't seven zero something doesn't mean you outplayed the deck. You can say, you can play somebody beat them seven to six. On paper, that's a close game. But you got to understand, like sometimes you're like, you know, how much of that damage did you take yourself? How many times did you play Kuja? How many sure. times did you Cecil Dark or you know something? So like, take take that looking at it that way. With I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Horseshoes right? and hand like, grenades, Chris. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like if they're like, and also too, what happens? You talk about the turn one Kadage, right? If my opponent's gonna play a turn one Kadage, I'm gonna build backups. I'll take the three damage because what's gonna happen is I'm gonna get to a point where that Kadage can no longer leave the board, and all his value is gone. Now he's just a four-drop that is susceptible to everything else. Oh, here comes Nyx. Get him out of here. Here comes uh, Ramu. Dolem. Get him out of the way. Here comes this. Here comes BFA. Or not BFA. Here comes Bahamut Zero. Here comes here comes Laswell. Dole Freeze. Here comes Locke. Mirage. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, if they're going to if they're gonna blind play that Kadage first and maybe start building behind it while I'm taking those early turns to build. I'll take the damage. I don't care about that. I'll give you the first six points of damage for free, but you're going to fight me for that seventh one. So, and and also too, like when you look back to Marsh Ritz, yeah, you know, there is some, some, some just blindness when you play that card, but like Ritz is, she's a three drop. She is susceptible to a lot of instant speed removal. And I do think Amaterasu in Opus 12 is going to have a big impact on how you play that card. Yeah, if, but right might. now she's. I'm sorry, no, please go ahead. Oh no, I was I just comment on the Amaterasu. Yeah, I mean that in theory totally just stops the combo right there. It kills the March and the Ritz doesn't come out. So oh, well, you you don't want to use it there. You want the Marsh on the board. You don't want to. You want to keep the Marsh on the board. So what would you cancel her? I would. Her I, would cancel, the I would cancel. I would cancel her auto. Yes, because she'll die and Marsh stays on the board. Yeah, so that way they can't do another combo. Yeah, and you get them, like, with them expecting, like, the pants are down. They expect to be activating the backups off of the thing. And and what's also stopping them? They're already in combat. Well, right, because they're already in combat, because if you stop the Marsh, they can just play another one. If they're in combat, because they're playing the Marsh Ritz to set up their second main, so they can get the value off that. If you stop that, you have fucked up their second main. Maybe that because now maybe that BFA is not coming out. Then in your next turn, it's like okay, Dol Marsh, or you play something to get Marsh out of the way, and now he's stuck on the board. Um, yeah, you definitely don't want to burn uh, an Amaterasu on a Marsh in main one because they could easily do it again, especially if they've got the discount live. Fuck yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah, gotcha. And now, now I know I can sneak this one in, kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah do it. In Any combat, kind of removal, because... removing anybody's shit in combat, especially uh, prep. Is just almost always universally oh, yeah, the best time to to use this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not saying there aren't things you can do, but I th- believe a reason a lot of people have checked out is because it. Again, you are working three times as hard. It feels like to mm-hmm. do those things when they're like, "Yeah, I'll just do this thing." Now, again, maybe if we had a normal competitive season, people wouldn't feel this way at all. But if I can give you a little side story, there's a MOBA called Heroes of the Storm by Blizzard. I'm sure many of you know it. You know, when it first came out, there's a character in that game called Nova, and she's a ghost sniper. And her whole thing was she just blew heroes up. She'll just pop out of the bushes, snipe, snipe, boom, they were dead. 
Now, technically, she was a balanced hero because while she was incredible at killing heroes, she couldn't push waves. She couldn't do camps at the time. Like, she, basically, that was the only thing she could do. So her, her overall spectrum was, well, she's really balanced because she's great at this, but she sucks at everything else. However, they eventually changed her because she it wasn't a fun play style. Getting your health taken from a hundred to zero in one second. That wasn't enjoyable. Nobody liked, Hey, I don't just like dying instantly and I can do nothing about it. So they ultimately changed her, even though again, she was technically balanced because they were like, this isn't fun. Our players don't want to play the game because of this. Now I'm not saying final fantasy is in any way to that point, because again, I, I think the virus is a big part of the reason why people aren't playing. But again, I can also kind of only go based off of my own personal experience and having the people in my personal St. Louis group tell me, no, I'm not going to play in this tournament, even though they're, they're telling me all the time how much they miss cards and how much they all want to play cards, but they won't play in these tournaments because I just don't want to play against that same deck all day. It's it, they, Literally, they're saying it's not worth my time. It's not worth my time to sit there for three hours to fight March Ritz, Kadaj BFA. And people in the RVA weeklies that I've had private conversations with, they're like, man, I really wish I could play mono water or whatever this is but but they want to win so it's like but i want to win so i I, what's the point like it's it's just not worth it i'm just going to play the thing that wins well right Uh, like and if somebody's telling them what the thing that wins is right they're not going to xavier ruiz and go 3-0 playing lightning wind vaughn right (laughs) like i'm looking i just look back through these and it's like yeah brian win Brian is an excellent player. He plays a very unique style of that deck, playing cards that people would probably like tell you just don't play, like the Dark Lord or Death Lord. I never friggin' remember whether it's Death or Dark Lord. Hey, I Dark think it's Death Lord. The Lord. The Lord. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord of Earth. Uh, yeah, Lord, like, Lord. like, you know, he's doing this interesting build of it uh, to make it like consistent in his own way because he loves the 11 stuff. Um, and like, yeah, he, he is a heck of a player. So he takes it pretty often. But it's like we've got. It's like White Mage one and Brian and Xavier, then Andy undefeated in Swiss. I keep going for results and it's like JG Fitness with Water Lightning. It's just like like yeah, and it's not that you know Colin and Muhammad ever change what they're playing. Right, <laughs> they've been playing this deck uh, or iterations of it almost the whole time, and it's like yeah, like um, these are tournaments. Like these are tournaments against good players playing these decks. And sometimes, you know, like these guys don't, it's just not, I don't see the, what the level that people complain about. So like that, oh my God, I'm just going to, that's all I'm going to play against. It's just going to be all that's at the tournament or that's what I have to play to win. And like, it's just so dumb. It's so everything that I don't want to play the game. I just don't see that. Like if I, I could maybe agree with that more if that's what all these tournaments looked like, you know? Like your point. I, I do understand what you're saying, but I, I guess I just don't agree with the idea of putting the onus on the players of that, hey, this isn't fun to play. Well, you've got to find a way to make it fun. Like, like that's fair, but people... it's here. Like, it's well, here. I, I get that, but a lot of people are going to have that attitude. <laughs> just, well, fuck that. I'm not going to do it then. Like, sure, I'm not but... going to sit there and burden myself to try to make it fun if it's Yeah, not. like, I get that. But I'll also say that I think people are very, very, very quick to just dismiss or, or want to complain or jump on some bandwagon or just be like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to play against that. Like, Oh, it's if, if somebody says it's broken, I get it in my head that it's broken. Then I get on this, like, Oh, I don't want to play against the broken thing. Kind of like people, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to, it's not like a get good mentality type thing. I'm not trying to say, right. but like at the same that. time, like, yeah, I, I, I guess that, like I was saying earlier, I've seen it worse 
I feel like this isn't even close to bad, but I should be working on like seeing it from the point of view of the people who really are, are think it's bad enough to not play, you know. And and and, and this is why I was glad you had me on because again, I, I have tried so many things to mm -hmm. face this deck, and there is nothing that feels like yes, this can really take it to it. Everything just feels like a crapshoot, and. So uh, I I 100% encourage you digging for gold. Um, the John will sure remember the first time I contacted you on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It was this long post after I'd just gotten my ass kicked again by it, and I wasn't mad. I really wasn't. It was just I was like I want to know the answer, but there is no good answer. You couldn't give me one. Most people can't because it just doesn't currently. It doesn't exist. I there do want you to know that I still play two of those decks that I probably recommended to you, and I think that conversation and they're currently on my list for decks I might play in this one case this weekend and i i do test them against that deck and and perform well enough that like i'm considering playing them over that yeah i play but, yeah my my earth lightning final fantasy 15 is one of my favorites because it has gotten me the most wins against it again it's it's not it's still kind of a roll of the dice yeah but i do know that that deck okay that deck does at least stand a chance mm -hmm. like yeah, it can and, maybe do something and i'm not hiding anything those are uh the earth wind final fantasy 7 Chocobo Joe style deck and the Mono Water Chris Matiski uh, style deck. Yeah. And uh, sure. those are also decks well. that I just don't see people play. I don't know why. Um, but they, they're they not only very fun for me, but can be extremely effective. Chris, how many forwards did I have on the board against you last night? Just like the one oh, turn. Like I think or, I played like, six like or seven. Oh my god, it was more than that. I was like, I was like, hi. It was like, I was, I remember thinking that my Cloud of Darkness was going to be 16k. So I had at least eight. <laughs> That's and crazy. it's like, and like you start the turn with three, like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's, but that's the kind of value you need to be finding. It's just like, uh, there aren't a lot of lists that can do that, I guess, you know? So I'm excited that a lot of these spoilers show a lot more of that value for board decks. And yeah, I, think, I hope so. I, I think we can wrap it there, right? <laughs> <laughs> the 243, 245. Something like this. That's I know. A good cast. I think. I think you were getting your I value think, today. Well, I'm just saying we can. You know, I think that we we've, we've done our. We can just keep going back and forth, but we've had a good piece for both sides here. I think that uh, we can all agree that everybody's looking forward to Opus 12 and Absolutely. to some new stuff. And I do think that, especially if you listen to our reviews on these spoilers, um, we do think there's a lot here that's gonna shake things up. Uh, or at least just some new viable archetypes day one, you know? So yeah. uh, I'm very excited for Octagon to get updated because you know that we like to be the pioneer of uh, of exploring the meta on mm -hmm. our weekly tournaments, so. Yeah, I mean, really, at the end of the day, don't get too terribly discouraged because, um, again, we've all said it, like, the, even the worst deck in this game is mild compared to every other game i've ever played like yeah you still you, like you still have a chance to play other stuff it's like it's not just gonna yep. uh, yeah i think there's in, in more answers are coming have and, hope and I would, yeah well and i would encourage anyone who's listening like if you have good answers put it out there but it, it is also okay to just also say you know what good there's these cards are just very strong and there is just there are not really many good ways to deal with them yeah i mean they are i agree uh, I think that hopefully a lot more very strong cards come out. And then we have so many, as as my one friend once said, if you have six or seven broken cards, that's a meta. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like that. It's true. <laughs> it is very, very true.
All right, guys. But well, with that being said, I mean, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. Play us off, keyboard cat. And Travis, thank you, thank you for joining us. Any any, uh, any shout outs? Any anything you want to please? All the plugs. Say? Absolutely. Uh, go to backtothegaming.com. David Whitemage writes on there. Uh, I haven't written in a while, but I do write for them as well. I have a Fanford article up there. Check out Alex Scott and I's on the Mesidia Gaming. We'll be having an Opus Twelve. Um, review come out and i cannot thank john and chris enough so much for letting me come on here i've been listening to you guys since i found out about the podcast i you're oh, very thanks, both, you're funny hosts i love talking to you and i just i'm very honored that you let me come on and kind of spout my opinion so thank you both so much and if anyone out there is not following these two you absolutely need to because they clearly clearly care deeply about this game and are head figures in this community it's true Oh, well, thank you so much, sir. It was very nice of you. We were happy to have you on, man. You, Like you said, you were sending me impassioned Facebook messages, and I was like, we have to get this man in front of the people. He has stuff to it. say. I of do. Course, I, I, I'll always be happy to, to... And again, I'm not afraid to rant and say, yeah, I don't like that. So Yeah, I, no, I, I mean, I think that that's a voice that, uh, you know, is echoed by a lot of... is a sentiment that a lot of people share. And you know us, if you listen to us, we... We also don't mind saying we don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we get ourselves in a little bit of trouble, a little bit of hot water over here, but that's right. okay. <laughs> it's worth it for you, the people. We bring you that exactly. hot scoop. What Thank kind you, of detectives really would we be? so much. Our pleasure. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And that's it for us, guys. Thanks for listening. Toodles. Bye. If you like the cast, you want to hear more, head on over to... Oh, wait, no, I don't use that one.